Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Big sales! Aftermath of the Monday night game. Just had a brief conversation with my friend Tone here. By the way, real quick, for all of you out there, all you have to do right now is join us here as we try to give you a gift certificate for our good friends at Hooters. Last week's winner, Nick from Florida, Israel from Pennsylvania. Congratulations to you guys. We're doing it again. All you have to do is identify a code word that my guy Tone will throw out throughout the entire show. Okay? You identify it. Then what you do is you send us an email with all your information. And maybe, maybe on a football Monday, we're barking your name out. There's the email, show at Gmail. Send them in. By the way, it's been a grand slam. All you have to do is identify that code word. And you send us that email. And gift certificates are sent out within 7 to 14 days. Very simple like that. All you have to do is send us the information. ID that code word. Um... Real quick, <laughs> 40 whiners like it. Um, the New York Giants have made a $160 million mistake, but we all knew that. We all knew that. Aren't we tired of seeing guys paid too fast? You know, Philly, I said this about your guy, Jalen Hurts. Is he a one-year wonder? You know what Jalen's doing right now that Daniel Jones isn't doing? And there's two things that Hurts has going for him that Daniel Jones has. Daniel Jones has a sieve of an offensive line, and they also have a sieve of a front office. They make very little good moves when it comes to putting a football team together. Jalen has got good talent around him and good front office people around him. That's what he has. There were times in that ball game, as bad as Daniel Jones looked, you saw the fundamental flaws from the front office and the quarterback himself all in one game. All in one game. That is a $160 million disaster. And not only that, you could have picked up last year the fifth-year option, and now... Whatever you do, you're married to this guy. Because you'll be in purgatory known as salary cap hell. Salary cap hell because you don't know how to formulate a contract like the Eagles do. They were not sure about the guy, so they gave him $90 million in guarantees. You gave that guy $90 million in guarantees. Off of four games. You know what Hertz also is doing that he's not? Hertz is working through his second year 
as a star starter, how many times have we seen super super guys? Okay? How many times have we seen superstars? Look at Joe Burrow even going through. Now he's injured. I get it. He's injured, okay? He's injured. But at the end of the day here, dude, you got to work through that. Hurts is working through it. Hey, I may be critical of Jalen, but you know the one thing I'll not be critical of him for? That guy's going to work through his issues. Daniel Jones has no chance. Why would you sign Darren Waller? What in the world was that move? You know, I would have, get this, you want to hear something crazy? I would have much rather have seen the Giants go after Andre Dillard, Isaac Sayamalo, DeAndre Hopkins. I would much, you're not using, and by the way, you can't build a championship football team from the outside in. You, you know what's great about the Eagles and how they they take the Tom Coughlin mentality. You know, Tom Coughlin, do you guys know what Tom Coughlin's first draft choice was as the head football coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? Do you guys know who he took number one overall? Who was the one guy he took? He could have had anybody in the draft. Anybody. Who did Tom Coughlin draft when he was the head football coach with the Jaguars? Guys know? That's right, Tony Baselli. Tony Baselli. Tony Baselli because he was building his football team from the inside out. Got to have an O-line. You got to have an O-line. What were the big things that they had up in New York when he was there? Good O-lines? Good D-lines. You know, quite frankly, Tom Coughlin did exactly what the Eagles are doing right now. Good D-lines with Justin Tuck and them dudes. And you turned around on the other side, you had Snead and them dudes playing in the old line. That's how they won Super Bowls. Okay? That's how you win Super Bowls. You don't win Super Bowls Going out and signing on the perimeter. Dude, Darren Waller made no sense to me. And, and, and by the way, last night, it was front and center for everybody. Now, I'm going to throw this at you here. Joseph, appreciate you coming aboard. Can I tell you, what's your biggest takeaway from last night that affects the Eagles? I just told Tone this. You tell me, what's the biggest takeaway you take away from last night? That kind of is something you have to look at if you're an Eagle fan. What do, what, what do you take away? Seahawks can play? I'll tell you what, man. How about Geno Smith? That guy's turned his career around with a great coach. Okay. We played the Giants twice, which helps us. Devin, okay, I'll take that. I like that, actually. I was more impressed with Sam Howell than with Daniel Jones. 
Can I tell you what my big takeaway was last night from that game? You know what I have a different opinion of, maybe? The Dallas Cowboys. I'm like this. Well, Seattle put the boot to them, too. I mean, the Cowboy fans are crowing over kicking the shit out of that team. Seattle beat the doorknobs off them. Right? Seattle beat the doorknobs off them last night. And you're like, yeah, that tush push or the brotherly shove, it resulted in two players injured and no no first downs. Congratulations, Peter King. It is a football play. I, I, I say this to you here. Do you have a different opinion of Dallas coming out of that game last night? I do. Ten sacks? Okay, well, Dallas beat the doorknobs off him. I was, hey, and let me say this to you about Brian Dable. Is he the next Matt Nagy? Matt Nagy was the coach of the year also. Matt Nagy won the coach of the year award in Chicago. And he was fired two years later. Is he a one-year wonder? So let me get this right. We're crowning Brian Dable and Daniel Jones off of eight games last year. Look at these guys you paid too soon. Wentz, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones. Haven't we learned a lesson in paying these quarterbacks too soon and not letting this thing settle? You went off of one year and really, quite frankly, a half a year. Absolutely. Tone's right. The Coach of the Year Award has to be the most overrated award in pro football history. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Ray Rhodes win that thing two times? And he was canned too. I think Belichick's won that thing once. I, I, I think Bill Walsh has only won that thing once. Dude, if, the, I'm, if I'm an NFL coach, I don't want to win that award. That's not really a great achievement. You could be, that puts a target on you. I look at Brian Dable last night, I'm like, hey man, it can't be all Daniel Jones. It's coaching and shitty front office and Daniel Jones. That was my takeaway last night. It's a collective train wreck. Since Jerry Reese and Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning left the building, okay, that thing has sucked for a decade. The New York Giants used to be one of the great, well-run organizations when Wellington Meyer was there. I mean, take a look. Just take a look at when the kids sometimes take over. Do you know this year in Major League Baseball playoffs, there's no team from Chicago, Boston, and New York. But you got teams from Florida and Arizona in the postseason. This comes down to management, man. You have no teams from Chicago, Boston, or New York in baseball's postseason. Yankee Suns, man, they didn't do a good job with that team. Got to have good management. I mean, the Marlins and the Rays 
are in the playoffs, but the Yankees and the Mets, who have spent a collective $800 million in payroll, are not in the postseason. Can't throw money at championships, can you? Cowboys beat them worse than the Niners. Hey, all I'm saying to you is when I look at the Giants, I don't know. What do you you take away? Is Seattle really one of the elite teams? Probably. Tell you what, man. Pete Carroll is a great coach. So look at what Bill Belichick's doing with Mac Jones. And look at what Look at what Pete Carroll's doing with a retread in Geno Smith. That's a retread. How many teams has Geno Smith been on? Five? Four? My takeaway, Daniel Jones looks Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. Dude, I would never have given that. That guy would never have gotten $40 million on the open market by any team in the league. You know what? You want to hear something crazy? I'll take Ryan Tannehill over him. Here, I'll take Kirk Cousins over him. Let's see who else. I'll take Sam Howell over him. I'll take the kid in Arizona over him. And I'm not talking Kyler Murray. I'll take the kid who's playing now over him. Man, Brian Dable, I don't get it. The Giants panicked. Tyler Heineke could start over that guy. Dude, I'm certain. Hey, there is no question the New York Giants are panicking as an organization. Look at what Howie did and how he didn't panic. Howie didn't jump into the market right away for a linebacker, did he? He didn't jump into the market. Eh, let's see how this thing works. Okay, give me a month of the season. Say this to you, man. When you saw some of those linebackers playing in the New England game, we were all doing this. You got to get those guys off the field. They're not good. Haven't they progressively gotten better over the last couple weeks? I don't think they're really great cover guys. But they were better last week. Okay? They were better. And they are getting better. They are getting better. Just saying, man. Howie Roseman is killing the Giants. The owner is killing. The Giants have no chance of being in line to beat the Philadelphia Eagles consistently over the next 10 years. There is not a chance. That, my friends, right there, might be the worst organization in the NFC East. Unbelievable to say. The New York Giants? The New York Giants are the worst-run organization in the NFC East. Shit, you could say whatever you want about Dallas. They have won 12 games the last two years. Okay, I get it. They get knocked out in the playoffs. That team couldn't make the CFL playoffs. 
they are just a train wreck, man. A train wreck. Hey, by the way, our boy Tone's going to jump on with us at 3.30. And we are going to have Philly 500, our good friend at 4.30. We're going to get a fan's perspective. Guy does a spectacular job. Spectacular job on his podcast, too. So he's our friend, and we look forward to having him on. Let me ask you something kind of in line here with Saquon Barkley before we move on to the topics here. Um. How do you know Saquon Barkley's not sandbagging? How do you how do you know that Saquon Barkley's not sandbagging? Wouldn't you? Why would I come back to that when you're going to fire me in the offseason anyway and you're going to trade me? Saquon loves DJ, not more than a paycheck. Hey, I love you, brother, but at the end of the day, this is business. Strictly business. Don't take it personal. But I ain't going back in there when I know the Giants tried trading me to Miami, even after they gave me the small one-year extension. Why wouldn't you sandbag? You know what's crazy about the NFL owners? The NFL owners... Tried setting the market in value on the running back, but now you're finding out that the mat that the market value that you set for the price is undervalued. What do you think the San Francisco 49ers would be without Christian McCaffrey right now? What do you think the Tennessee Titans would be without Derrick Henry? I mean, arguably the best team in the NFL. Christian McCaffrey is the entire linchpin of that 49er team. You take him off the 49ers, I don't know. I saw last year Kyle Shanahan go to the playoffs with three different quarterbacks. When that guy showed up, he started winning every every game he started. During the regular season, they won. So what the owners are doing is, they're devaluing the running back position, but you guess what's happened? The value. How about this? How important has DeAndre Swift been to the Eagle offense in the first four games? On a scale of one to ten, how important do you think DeAndre Swift has been? Eight? Get this. Last year, Miles Sanders, his importance to the offense. Six? Right? I mean, I mean, Swift's like third in the league in rushing? Behind one of the best running attacks in the NFL? The owners have devalued a position by greed. Nothing more. It is such, get this. By doing what you're doing in the value of paying these guys, they're showing you if you don't have a running game in today's NFL or in 1920, you're not going to win. You are not going to win. Here's the irony. The top three teams that lead the league in rushing are Dolphins, Eagles, Niners. Guess what? Niners, Eagles, 4-0, Dolphins, 3-1. You need a running game. 
There's no coincidence to that. You get this, like I said, it could be 1920 or 2023. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You, You know, the owners think they're smarter than the game. There's a prime example of it. Well, I'm only going to pay this guy $8 bucks. How about the Vikings? Look at the Vikings now, and they struggle in their running game. Well, they're, they're lost. Dude, they got a great passing game. It's the only thing keeping them afloat. Look, look at the Lions, how good their running game is. I mean, there's a reason you have, like, the best offensive line coaches in Cleveland and in Philadelphia. Sanders contracted joke. Hey, by the way, he's down there complaining about Panther fans booing him and booing the Panthers. Son, you make seven million bucks. You were a one-year wonder. That's why Howie didn't sign you. Hey, I'll tell you this. Kaiser White is earning his dough in Arizona. That guy in Carolina is not. And this is what we all were saying. Was that really that bad a move by Howie to get rid of Miles? Because he hadn't put it together prior to that. Didn't he the year before that, like, have no touchdowns? Ten for Swift, sports radio says. Interesting. So my takeaway last night was a lot. I don't know, man. I look at Dallas different now. I look at Seattle different. Shit, I look at Pete Carroll different. And by the way, thank you on my prognosticating on Devin Witherspoon saying he's my favorite player in the draft. That guy is a mother you-know-what. Will we trade for a safety help after the Rams game this week? They love utilizing Higby in the middle of the field. And we'll have a field day versus the backers this week. Ray, I'll tell you something, too. Aaron Donald. If Cam Jurgens ain't in there, man, I'll tell you what, that's going to be quite a battle to watch this week. You know what must-see television is? It's not Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. You know what it is? It's Jason Kelsey versus Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's back to playing Aaron Donald football. That dude's a force today, man. He's killing it this year. 21 for Seattle, unbelievable. Dude, he was all – I thought I was watching Cam Chancellor running around knocking guys out, making plays all over the place. That guy was a war machine last night. And he goes to Pete Carroll, who's now building a new legion of boom. Dude, that kid can play. The two dudes we liked, remember we ID'd him? Christian Gonzalez and that guy, those two dudes are forces. They are good-looking players. Now look, I still think Jalen Carter's the best player in the draft. That kid might be second. That kid might be number two. He is some football player, man. I was watching him last night. That dude was striking fear in every time he went up on a player. Dude, I can't believe him and Sidney Brown played in the same backfield. Those are Lovey Smith guys. Incredible, man. Here's a stat for you, Sills. Bottom five teams in rushing. Raiders, Bengals, 
Packers, Steelers, Vikings have a combined record of 7-13. and 13. You need a running game. Thank you. So if you're Saquon Barkley, man, are you really that interested in getting out there and running for the New York Giants when you know that organization's a shit show right now? Not me, man. Not me. Hey, you know what I'm doing? Hey, Minnesota, how was life without a running back? You want to pay a guy 12 million bucks now? Yeah, I think we might. Or, I'm going to say this to you too. John Lynch making that Christian McCaffrey move may have saved his job. The McCaffrey move may have saved John Lynch's job after the Trey Lance disaster. Two moves versus one bad disaster was finding Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Okay? Those two guys, Christian McCaffrey is going to get 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving. Was that worth a couple twos and threes? I think so. Okay. Okay. I mean, right. If I'm Barkley, man, I go to Minnesota. I go to a place that's got a guy. Or, or how about this? Houston. That kid, CJ Stroud, looks like a guy. Depends what they do up in Green Bay. All right, let's get to the topics here. What does Sean Desai, Sirianni, and Howie do with Nicobe Dean? And here used to be the line that used to be sung by players, coaches, and personnel directors. You can't lose your job to an injury. I think that is something in the past. I don't care any longer about owing you anything. I owe you nothing. The Eagles owe N'Kobe Dean nothing. This is about the 53 and the locker room. I don't care about what your feelings are here. This is not bitty football, okay, where everyone has to play. This is about the logo. It's more important with the name, That's on the marquee than the name on the back of the jersey. Nobody gives a shit. That includes people like Brandon Graham or whomever. You're not getting playing time? I don't care. Fletcher Cox doesn't start playing well? I don't care. He's playing great, by the way. This is not about a love affair. This is about winning. Okay? This is about winning. Final stat, Seals. Top five teams in Russian Dolphins, Eagles, Niners, Ravens. Combined record 16 and four. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do they do? This is where the Eagles have gotten in trouble before. Forcing a dude into a starting lineup like Jalen Rager. We've seen it. We've seen the behavior organizationally of the front office. This is the shit right here 
that you're going to have to keep an eye on as a fan because the MO of that front office is what? We love our draft choices. Get this. They don't really love the players. They love their draft choices because decision-making and money are involved in it. Lovecox have to sign Milton instead. Probably so. Depending on what Fletcher wants to take. Fletcher might take a pay cut. But if I were him, I'd become a mercenary like Adama Katsu did. That's what I would do. You know, go around getting as much money as you can on the way out the door. Why wouldn't you do that? It's common sense. My loyalty to Philly has nothing to do with me making money on the way out the door. Do you think that? Would you look any lesser? I wouldn't. So the guy makes $10 million versus $5 million in Philly. You expect him to stay? I would never. I would... I would give him a parade out the door. Hey, thank you for everything, man. When you come back, I hope you retire an eagle. Good luck in Miami. I I don't care. It's it's more money, and I could draft a guy on a cheaper contract to play DT for me. I mean, look look at what you're getting with Jalen Carter right now. Do you know why Jalen Carter is, without a doubt, a monster upgrade to Javon Hardgrave? Why do you think? I got 20 million reasons to tell you. I got 20 million reasons versus 1 million to tell you why that's an upgrade. Okay? Zach and Nicholas are a good duo today. Okay? Let's see if they can keep... By the way, my, my opinion, sports radio on them, can they keep it going? Can they keep it going? That's going to be that's going to be something to evaluate in a week. They're going to be evaluated on a week-to-week basis, Cunningham and Morrow. I don't give a shit what he did against the Minnesota or the um the, the Washington Commanders. That doesn't cement you a job. What what Morrow did by getting those three sacks, do you know what it did for him? It kept him in the loop. Before, they were constantly trying to replace him and couldn't wait for Dean to get back. Those three sacks make some pause now, doesn't it? That's what keeps him on the active roster. Because everyone was waiting. N'Kobe's coming back. N'Kobe's coming back. All of a sudden, he gets three sacks. You see him running around with Zach Cunningham. Now you're doing this. I don't know. I don't know. You become relevant. Okay? Way too pessimistic. Hey, Gold, they cut him already once this year. Look at look at Gold what he says. Way too pessimistic. They already freaking cut him. The Eagles weren't sure about him. Way too pessimistic. So me saying I'm way too pessimistic is more of a tough take than them cutting the player. They cut him. They cut him. They gave him no signing bonus money. And you're telling me I'm being far too pessimistic. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Morrow's a starter on a week-to-week basis. That's what the Washington game did for him. Okay? Okay? 
N'Kobe Dean, in my opinion, now here, you know, something that I never really got is that you don't really rotate linebackers. You rotate D linemen because the bigger dudes, I guess. And because you know why you don't rotate linebackers? You take a, a why, do, why do you think you don't rotate linebackers? Jonathan Vilma told me this. Why do you, why do you think you don't rotate? guys have an idea i'm sure if you listen to our post game show you heard seth say it a couple times why you don't rotate chemistry something big picking absolutely absolutely i've you got you you're you're kind of right with the chemistry because it's kind of in what i'm saying here okay here here's why when you're the mike linebacker you're kind of like the quarterback and you get a feel for what the quarterbacks doing audible wise and when the defense starts hearing a voice and they start hearing that voice and a voice that's recognizable with all the screaming and the hollering and the shifting it becomes something that becomes and puts your team in a relaxing position it's a calming force to hear the same voice behind you setting the fronts odd even slide Offset right, offset right. Strength is left, double tight end. Sills, why knowledge people on meds? Because <laughs> they're fun. <laughs> That's why. Through three games, Morrow has 16 tackles, five TFLs, four QB hits, three sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery also. To answer your question, you never want to change the voice on the defense. That's right. Dilma told me this. After a while, you get a feel for guys like Peyton Matt. You just have a feel for him. And when you got a guy in the middle here that has that kind of presence and sense, he's looking at the clock. He knows at five seconds, the quarterback can't keep moving around. Dilma used to do this with Peyton Manning because Peyton Manning would look. And you know what inexperienced linebackers do? They set the defensive front too soon. And it gives them a pre-snap heads up on where to go with the ball. Brady was notorious for that. So every time, that's why I kept telling you about N'Kobe Dean. N'Kobe Dean's going to set the front too soon. And when he sets the front too soon, experienced quarterbacks are going to annihilate that guy. Okay? Vilma would take it right down to the five second. And as soon as he said set, that's when they would shift. And it made him in the time before they snapped the ball have to have a pre-read that was taken off the table because it made Manning have to go to second progression. That's a game you play as the Mike linebacker and the quarterback. Inexperienced guys want to get it set soon. You know why? Because you're also having to deal with pass coverage. Remember, you got a guy in the secondary behind you. Someone's back there setting the coverages too. Usually you do that predetermined-wise once you come together in the huddle. But if you see somebody and they go in motion and you slide the defensive front, you've got to be cognizant of that. So you want to do what? Let's get the defensive front set first because the passing game, that's going to affect me having to either cover a tight end or a running back. Hut! The experienced guys know what they're doing out there. It's a chess game. You're sitting out there as a young ball player and you're doing this and you hear them behind. Banjo, 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 straight, straight right, straight right, tight end, tight end, press the release. Press and release. Hut! 
I didn't set the front. When you don't have a guy at the mic doing all that, you got a problem. You got a problem. Dude, I one thing too that is so incredible is the speed of the plays. Okay, I'm t- I'm I'm talking like how quick they come. Bang. See, we're having some internet issues here too. Hopefully we're going to be cool here in a sec. Um They just come so freaking fast. Boom. I mean, dude, I swear to you, you look up, you play 15 plays, and you're like, holy shit, I got six minuses. In and, and, and college ball, they're kind of fast. Pro ball, they're lightning quick. And you've got to, dude, it is so much more about knowledge than talent in the NFL. It's way more about knowledge. Everyone's good. Okay? Everybody's good. That's why you rarely see rookies playing. Because you got to get a feel for the bitch. Okay? Dean is a smart football player. How the frig do you know that? Why? Because he passed economics? Stop with college. Stop with book smart. It has nothing to do with football smarts. It's like telling me that Jerry Jones who's a great businessman, is a good football man. What does a billionaire know about moving the chains? It applies the same way. Well, the guy is an electronical engine. I don't care. Matt Patricia can make bombs and jets. That doesn't make him a good head coach. Stop with that. you got to be kidding me. Every time I hear someone bring that up, well, the guy who's one of the smartest guys in the classroom. The football classroom? The football classroom? Or or what? In an economics class? So let me get this right. So he knows how to bake a cake, and I don't. Does he know how to set a front to the strong side on a weak side tight end release? I don't give a shit how smart he is. How many degrees he has. How dumb is that comment? Well, he's really a smart guy. That doesn't mean you're a good football smarts guy. Completely different. Completely different. I, 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 I'm, I'm, you haven't been out there. You have no idea what you're talking about, some of you. You can say all the shit you want. No idea what you're talking about. Okay? No idea. Dean playing injured, as usual. So he's injured, and he hasn't played. And you want to replace a guy who's playing well with him. Solid move. Solid move. He's a downgrade. Not an upgrade. But this is where the organization gets in the way here. If that guy starts against the Rams, you're in trouble. Matthew Stafford, 
It looks like he's going to play. Matthew Stafford's having a great year. He's having a great year. Him and Sean McVay are having a great year. And, and by the way, so is Raheem Morris. I'm going to prove that point to you here in a minute. We got our top 10 list, as we always do on a Tuesday. Um, hey, the Rams have been a surprise for what they don't have. I don't get it, Sales. Morrow has the momentum. Morrow has been effective. If the Eagles bench Morrow for Dean, I'll lose my you-know-what. Let me say this to you, man. Has Howie made bonehead decisions on personnel? Dude, all you need to know is Nate Sudfeld. They're pulling Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld. Because they wanted to, what was that thing? I wanted to get a look at him. Really? Love and hate the show, Sills, but totally agree on this one. If the backers are playing much better than we anticipated, why go to Dean? We need wins. JH, I, I, I go here with you. I think those linebackers are on a week-to-week, though. The only thing that Zach Cunningham and Nicholas Morrow have done for me, I think they just put N'Kobe Dean on notice and the defensive coaches on notice. Nothing that he can't get his job back. It, it, I'm just going to play these guys because I'm, hey, why wouldn't you play the hot hand? Why wouldn't you play the hot hand? I'm telling you. Would it shock you that N'Kobe Dean starts this week? It would not shock me. And, and Stafford will f- cut that guy up to pieces. Be a disaster. That's a hell of a passing game. Hell of a passing game. They got it going on. They got it going on. All right. Top 10 NFL teams. And again, this is a moving. This is a moving list. And week to week. It's a moving list. So. Some teams have moved up. Some teams have moved back. Okay. And I'm going to do this. The Eagles beat a top 10 team already on this list. I got to give it to the Buccaneers, man. I got to give it to the Bucs. Three and one. Baker Mayfield's doing a good job on third down. He ran into a really good foot. Hey, by the way, can I tell you that I think the Buccaneers are going to benefit having played the Eagles as hard as they did and they were never really in the game, that that's going to benefit them in the NFC South and they're going to give New Orleans all they can take. Right now, they're the front runners, in my opinion, to win the NFC South. Way to go, Todd Bowles. That's, hey, remember, I told you this during Eagle Week. That's a Super Bowl championship defense. And you guys did a nice job on that defense. There's not going to be a lot of teams do what the Eagles did to that Buck defense and to Todd Bowles. Okay? So now that, hey, look, this is evaluation time. 
We're a month. It's four games. This is a month into the year. And this is what you say about the Bucks. Hey, they're good. Didn't we all? I did. I thought there was going to be a garage sale by the time we got through the first month. I thought we were going to see. Now, Mike Evans just got banged up a little bit, so we'll see how that affects the passing game. But the Bucks are the Bucks are good. Bucks, the Eagles beat a good. They beat a top ten team on my list. I got Seattle nine, dude. Seattle after the opening game, who they lose to in overtime? Was it an overtime game they lost in the opening week? Who they lose to? Was it the Rams? Did the Rams beat them in the, um? Did the Rams beat them in week one? Who beat them in week one? Okay, who 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 they lose to? I sound like an owl shitting through feathers. Dude, the Rams beat that Seattle team. I'm gonna tell you that Rams game is gonna be a more interesting ball game than you think. Okay. 30 to 13. They waxed them. Okay, man. Okay. I like that coach. He's 72 years old. He runs around like he's 52. Dude, Rams, you know, I think they're two and two. Sean McVay's a freaking great coach, man. He is a great football coach. Rams points through four games, 30, 30, 19, and 29. Averaging around what, 27? Somewhere in there, 27 a game. We're going to look at the top offenses and defenses. And MVPs also. Got to be averaging around what, 26, 27? Somewhere up there. Not bad. Not bad for not having Cooper Cup. 24, 5? Okay. I want that number up a little higher, bud. They are 2 and 2, man. I got the Lions at 8. Maybe too low, but I want to see them win. It's what, see, here, here one, one thing I'll say about the Eagles. Not playing their best ball, you're right. Not clicking for the entire they they've had a they've had a half in in a month where they've played really well offensively. A half. That's not playing well offensively. Okay? A half. And they're still winning. Okay? They're still winning. I like this Lions team, and I like Jared Goff, and I like Dan. Dan Campbell, to me, looks like a keeper. I got the Ravens at seven. I think Lamar's getting better and better. You know the number one problem that I have with Lamar that Jalen doesn't have? He's not accurate. He's just athletic. I'd rather have accurate than more athletic when you watch Lamar Jackson play versus Jalen Hurts it's night and day in athleticism but he's accurate 
I'll take the accuracy over the athlete any day. I would never say that Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were phenomenal athletes. I would never say that. But they were just accurate. Right? They're accurate. They're just... he. Like, is he going to, how about this? Is he going to make a big throw late in the game when you need it? He'll make a big run. But if you're behind, running the ball hurts you. If you can't throw it. Do you understand that about having just a one-dimensional running game? Why Why were the Kansas City Chiefs about two and a half years ago or three years ago Do you remember when the Titans had like a 21-point lead on them? Why were they able to come back? Because Mahomes could throw them out of trouble. The Titans, they rely on a 12-play drive, take time off the ball. And if you're down 21, there's no chance in hell of you coming back. You've got to make a play in the passing game if you're down. If you're down late, how did the Washington Commanders come back? They made plays in the passing game, not in the run game. (laughs) Hey, the Eagles took the lead in the passing game, not the run game. You got to make plays in the passing game. Chip goes, Lamar throws darts. That's why he's got a 61 completion percentage. That sucks. I got the Cowboys at six. Can I tell you what I think the difference with the Cowboys is today? What's the difference between the Cowboys, not player-wise either, what's the difference between the Cowboys and the Eagles? Okay? What, what is it? What is it? Coaching? What's the difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys? No player, no front office, tie-in head coach. I like it. I'll help you out here. I think the Cowboys are a finesse team. I think the Eagles are a power team. Like San Francisco. I think San Francisco is going to beat them up this weekend. I think they're going to beat them to pieces. San Francisco is a physical football team. You can't name me a position on the Dallas Cowboys where they're more physical than San Francisco. Not one position. When I look at Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons is not a physical presence and not a he, – he, he can run at him. Like, he doesn't strike fear in me like LT did. I, I don't think he is a physical dominating presence like a physical guy. I, I don't. I think he's a finesse guy. He's a pass rushing guy. He's not. I'll tell you this. Hassan Reddick has more physicality to him than what Michael Parsons does. They're just not a physical team. And I think that's a reflection of the head coach. They're just not physical. I don't remember, but if you said it, it's a great observation. Because when you watch San Francisco and you watch Philly, don't you do this? 
Those teams are physical. And you know why they're 4-0? They may not have to play their best ball, but you know what they're going to do? You're going to be in a fist fight with them the whole 60 minutes. You are going to be in a fist fight. If you're with Dallas, you're in a pillow fight. And that's what Jonathan Gannon knew. Jonathan Gannon ran them over. Because you know what he did? Our guys are tougher than your guys. We're not better than you. We're tougher than you. You got more talent than us. You know, when you start looking at how they play, he's right. Gannon's right. The Cowboys are a finesse team. Look, look, look at who's – what's this? Trent Williams and their left tackle. He may not even play. Trent's a more physical guy. Um, Todd – what's his name? Tony Pollard. Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's more physical of a player. Runs in the middle, catches passes. He's more of a physical player. George Kittle versus their tight end. I can't even name him. Debo Samuel versus C.D. Lamb. I would never throw the word physical at C.D. Lamb. Even the kid Iuke. Take a look at their defense. You, that Vander Esch guy, you think he's Fred Warner? Nick Boza? They don't have Hufanga. They don't have one guy on their football team that you can match up and go, well, that guy's tougher. That's kind of the same shit you got in Philly. They're just a finesse team. Finesse teams get their asses handed to them in playoffs. That's why they, I'm telling you, that's their, hey, I I, I didn't really realize it. City's, Smitty's more physical than CeeDee Lamb. That's, he is. I absolutely. And that'd be not a word I would, well, I would. He plays was a, he plays with a physical presence about him. You know, if you really think about it, I never thought about this until we just like I did it last night watching the Seahawks run over a team that Dallas was crowing about how they pounded them in the opener. I never realized that Cowboys won them Super Bowls with Jimmy because they were physical on defense and offense. And they ran you over. They were physical. When Jerry took the reins, they became a finesse team. And every time they get into the playoffs, they got their asses beat by physical football teams. That's why the Eagles don't get beat like that. It's because they may not have a good day. They will beat you up. Hey, just to put that even more into context, to think, hey, I mean, you may beat that Eagle team but you're not going to win the fight. You may outscore them, but you're, you're going to walk away going, damn, how come I'm hurting like this? That's a game where you, hey, that's a low chin strap game. You know what that means? Keep that baby down, man. You get knocked on your ass in that game. Okay? Yeah. The Cowboys are a finesse football team. That has been the problem with them since Jones has run the team and Jimmy's not been there. Look at their defenses. Defenses finesse. I got the Chiefs at five. Um, Andy Reid, Mahomes, Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey. Um, 
is keeping them in this thing. One injury to one of those guys, it is over. Do you think the Kansas City Chiefs could survive without Chris Jones? No way. Could they survive without Travis Kelsey? No way. Travis Kelsey keeps those other guys afloat because of his presence. He's almost now become a decoy for those other guys to be open. So if you lose the decoy and the athlete, those guys are people. I, I, I would Kansas City is so beatable. Okay? They're hanging on by a shoestring where the Eagles are not. I think Kansas City is playing their best ball. Get this. The two Super Bowl teams, I think Kansas City's playing their best ball. I think the Eagles aren't. Would that be fair? Right? Would that be fair? Kansas City's playing, I think, as good as they can play. Pacheco is becoming a guy for them. All right? Right? You know what? I, I love when people go like this. So people are are, are are saying this to me now. What about the Detroit loss? Do you understand that shit's old news? Nobody cares about the first week right now. You're looking at the overall month of how you've played and where you're playing right now. Okay? Hey, hey Tone, I think our uh, Super Chat's down here a little bit here. Um. Because I, I I see that it, it popped up, but I don't see your uh, your stuff there. So yeah, I think Kansas City's good, but very beatable, very beatable. For but don't you think if we look like this now, what the finished product is? That's the big deal right now. Last year you were looked unbeatable in the first month. Now you look beatable. And every team that you've played has almost beaten you. So you you look beatable. You're winning, though. Okay? You're winning. The 4-0 record is important. But it really is. The record doesn't dictate who's playing the best football right now. Just because you're 4-0 doesn't mean you're playing the best football. That's why I look at teams in a different light. I look at how you're playing, who you're playing. It, 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 this is not college football. Undefeated teams don't get the top spot because you're undefeated. Okay? You, you just don't. Because the team that wins the Super Bowl, this is not the college Final Four. The, you, you have to play yourself into the Super Bowl, no matter what your record is. How many times have we seen wildcard teams make it to the Super Bowl? I mean, have some common sense about yourself. I got the Dolphins at four. I think they've had a spectacular month. Okay? And they ran into the best team in the division in the AFC East. Now they know what they have to take to beat a team like that. You 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 played somebody. That ain't the Broncos, the Bills. Okay? I got the Eagles four, or excuse me, three. Not playing their best ball, but they're winning. They're winning. I don't think the offense is really doing anything great right now. And the numbers dictate that because we'll look at that here in a minute too. And the trends at where you are right now after a month of football. 
You see, when people go like this, stats don't matter. Team stats do because they're trends on what you're doing. Don't you understand that when game plans are put together, what do you think game plans are put together with? Gut feeling? Tendencies? Percentages of what you do on a particular play? Where do you think they get that from? There's a quality control coach that sits down with down and distance, and you know what he does? He'll cut up tape, first and 10, second and eight, third and six, fourth and four, first and six. They'll go down that line. And what they'll do is they'll put all those reels together. Who do you have winning the NFC East? I had Dallas. I had Dallas. Um, and what they used to do was they used to have this cardboard thing back in the day with holes in it. And this is what you would have. You'd have these buckets underneath. And you'd have all these reels on this pin. Second and eight. What does the Washington Commanders do on second and eight? You pull it out. All the tapes on second and eight go to the bucket. You take them to a projector back in the old days. And what you did was you watched second and eight and their tendencies. What plays they like to run out of it. Then you start charting it. Well, they like to go out of eye formation 42% of the time. They like to, they, they've had great success here running the ball um, and split backs. Shotgun, they do a couple times, but that's all the low percentage plays. You don't prepare for every play that a guy throws at you because what you're watching is every game film, you're watching every play and you're watching the percentage of plays that they enjoy. What do you think is on that guy's wristband? His favorite plays. That's why when the guy's on the sidelines, he'll go 48. He'll look down at 48, wide 7, 38 toss. Okay, 47, 47. And then he'll, he'll tell him in the huddle. The, the wristband cuts down the time in the huddle because those, on the wristband of quarterbacks, those are favorite plays. Those are favorite plays versus cover two defense, banjo defense. They'll look at that and they'll go 46. Okay. Then he'll give out wide seven, ZY, curl in, block release, slide protection. Jason will come to the line, odd or even. If you have a head up nose, you have guys over the tackle, that's even defense. That thing is so complex, that offense. Okay, so that's that's kind of where you are here. I got the Bills too. Bills are playing spectacular football right now. Spectacular football, spectacular football. And I got the Niners one. So I got the 49ers one, Bills two, Eagles three, Dolphins four, Chiefs five. Cowboys 6, Ravens 7, Lions 8, Seahawks 9, and Buccaneers 10. That's who I have. By the way, we'll go through the numbers here and the tendencies of what's happened in the first month of the season to kind of quantify why San Francisco why San Francisco is probably the best team in National Football League along with the Bills right now. Um 
I'll get to your defense too. Also, we'll do top ten defenses and why. Quite frankly, um, you're unbalanced right now over the first month of the season. You're unbalanced, and your play has proven it out in the first month. You're still in the top three, and quite frankly, that means 49ers and Eagles in the NFC title game, and it would be Dolphins and Bills right now in the AFC championship game. Got a problem with that? Why would you have a problem if you make it back to the NFC title with another shot at the 49ers? I mean, I don't know how bad that would be. I mean, <laughs> oh, but we're not one. I love it, man. All right, my boy Tone's going to join us at 3.30. Don't forget Gary Cobb at 4.30. Our friends at Hooters, man, look at Israel and... Nick here, who won our gift certificates this past week. Having those gift certificates out there, man, we really appreciate everybody coming aboard with us here. Love it so much here, man. By the way, we're celebrating the 40th anniversary of Hooters, and Hooters is without a doubt the official home of the National Football Show. We so appreciate those guys being part of the program here. Everybody was in the Northeast Hooters Last night, man, all seven locations. Go to northeasthooters.com. If you didn't go into them, too, hopefully you used the app and you went to hooters2go.com. Get some of that great food. The iconic Hooter girls go out. They give it to you, man. And great food. They deliver that food to you. Spectacular. If you go into the places, buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, all you can eat. It's a 40-year tradition. Northeasthooters.com. That's northeasthooters.com. And when you roll into any one of the Hooters, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Wild, wild, wild. 
Sports. Corin save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Debating right now in New York if the Giants regret paying Daniel Jones. Welcome to the party, man. You're only seven months too late. Where in your right mind did you think that that was in the right? Can I tell you? There's a prime example of an NFL football team controlling the media in New York because everybody thought it was a great idea. And no one would go on the air, dare say anything against the Giants. Because the Giants end up calling their bosses up. Hey, this guy's an anti-this. Well, we're not going to put guys on your station. I used to say this. So effing what? I don't give a shit if you put a guy on. Honestly, and I was the flagship of the Bucks. And at the end of the day, did it cost me my job? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was doing 10 shares. That's a fact. But you can't do shows like that anymore. You think you go on WIP and start slamming the Eagles because they're underusing Goddard when you pay him $16 million? Never happened. Never happened. Bob Lang would be up your rear end faster than a lightning pole. You kidding me? He'd be calling up the bosses 10 Every 10 seconds. You're kidding me, right? You're going to question play calling? That's why Angelo's not there anymore. Angelo's not there because he can't tell the truth. Any You can't tell the truth in radio anymore. You can't. You can't do a normal show. No one's shitting on the Eagles. You're just pointing something out. Why are you paying Dallas Goddard? Is he part of the offense? Hey, Nick, is he part of the offense Yes or no? Because in the first month, he's been Casper the Ghost. He's Casper the Ghost. Okay? He's Casper the Ghost. Who asked that question? Hey, you do it a roundabout way. Hey, Nick, you know, it's a little concerning that he's not getting... Get, get to the point. Why are you not using him? Is it Brian Johnson? No. You see what Nick did, too, the other day? A typical Angelo move. He said he made the call late in the game to run the ball. Why would you fall on the sword for Brian Johnson like that when you don't need to? That shit is so obvious. I think that guy doesn't tell the truth. I don't believe Nick Sirianni tells the truth. 
He'll bullshit you, man, until you're blue in the face. You really called that play to run the ball late in the game to keep Washington in it and so that the heat won't go on Brian Johnson because you know nobody will jump his shit because the Eagles got your back. You can't be any more pathetic than that. I'm wrong, right? Of course I am. Because you're just like the media sometimes. You'll, you'll, you'll jump on the side of Nick when you know that that was a shitty play. You're running the ball late in the game like that with Kenny Gainwell. And you think that was a smart play call. No, I called it. You called it. So how many plays, Nick, do you call during the game? Two or just that one? Yeah, Sirianni's such a genius. They pulled the uh, coordinating responsibilities away for him after he was two and five to save his job. That's what a genius he is. Yeah, <laughs> even Gannon. G- Gannon's trying to take credit for it. Hey, I went to Nick and said, maybe you should give up the play calling. Yeah, he went to your genius. As a matter of fact, I think Steichen and the guy in Arizona, they're not doing an awful of a bad job. I, I, I'm actually pretty shocked by both of them, even the guy in Arizona. Even the guy in Arizona, man, I'm kind of shocked. Because the OC and DC you have now are not good. It's JV. Well, well, tell me this then, Nick. Who made that call on third and one that you decided to give the ball back to Washington after they didn't get it on a third and one and you took the penalty and then you took your corners off the ball and gave them a free catch and release. Whose call was that? Was that the size? I'm surprised you haven't jumped on that one. Jesus Christ, that guy does not tell the truth. He's some sort of like a sword swallower where he just jumps on a sword. There's no need for it. Coordinator made a bad call. Let him pay the price for it. He's going to have to one day when he's a head coach. How many times did he jump on the sword for Jonathan Gannon's shitty defenses last year? Come on, man. That guy is a bookkeeper. When I look at Nick Sirianni, he's a bookkeeper. He's an accountant. Okay? He's Howie's guy. You could fire Doug Peterson. That guy's not relevant either. Haven't you seen that? He's just a widget. Wait a minute. Let me get this right. So you think the Eagles would be 0-4 without Sirianni? <laughs> do, do, do you believe? Do you believe they'd be 0-4 without Nick? Hey, that's a good question. Do you think they'd be 0-4 without Nick Sirianni? What would they be? He is, man. 
I like Nick, but I don't believe that in the slightest. <laughs> that football team would still be 4-0. Okay? They'd still be 4-0 with that guy or without him. You take Andy Reid off that team in Kansas City. You think they're 2-2? Two and two? Or 1-3? and three? You think they have two Super Bowls if Andy Reid's not in the building? Just asking. With Patrick Mahomes, do you think they have two Super Bowls if Andy Reid's not the head coach? That's all I need to know. All you need to know. Your coach is irrelevant. He's good on press conferences. He's not really good on game day decision-making. And by the way, whose decision was it not to play DeAndre Swift? Is that a Nick Sirianni decision too? Who's the decision not to throw the ball to Dallas Goddard? Is that a Nick Sirianni decision too or Brian Johnson? I'm getting confused here. I'm, I'm confused. Since he's taking blame, are you taking the blame for Goddard too? Is there anything you're doing right? One thing I will say is Sirianni's self-aware. He always says, you want to find a good coach? Look at the good players. Absolutely. Look at Belichick. He recognizes he walks into a great situation in Philly. Hey, man, you think Barry Switzer was a superstar NFL coach when he won a Super Bowl? Really? I'll take Sirianni over Switzer as a pro coach. Okay. Hey, I love Coach Switzer. And Coach Switzer and I are dear friends. But do you really think that Barry Switzer is a better coach than Nick Sirianni? I do not. Okay. And Switzer won a Super Bowl. Like we were saying in the opening hour of the program, you show me an NFL Coach of the Year winner, I'll show you a loser. That award sucks. Who cares? What's up, Big Sales? In your opinion, what should the defense do to improve the pass defense? I like moving Brown to the slot and JP outside would help. That's a good point. Let's take a look at the – you know what? I was going to look at the offense first, but let's look at the defense. How many people in here believe that the Eagles over the first month have the have a top 10 defense? Somebody's in here calling Switzer a placeholder. That's what Nick is. How many people believe the Eagles have a top 10 defense after the first month of the season? Steve goes, I believe so. Big picking goes, and that's why I hey, that's why I quantified it. After the first month of the season, first quarter poll, when you kind of look at your valuations, okay, do you think the Eagles have a top ten? The Eagles are ranked sixteenth. What I have, Tone. Okay, 
I, 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 I thought they were ranked 16th overall. Can you take just double check that for me? I just looked up by the ESPN and I, 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 I got 16th. You got them 13. That's not far outside the top 10, especially with all the uh, stuff that they've been giving up. Okay. No, no, I'm just, I, I tone. I, I, I want to double check this because of the penalty thing the other day. Just, just to make sure that's that I'm, I'm, I'm right around there. Six. I thought I saw 16th. That they were ranked 16th. I want to get because I want because to me that's a, I want to know what the trends are going. And no, you're right. They're currently ranked 16th in yards allowed. Okay, so you're. That's you're in the middle of the league. Okay, you're in the middle of the league. That's actually not as bad as I thought. Because I do think there's going to be room for improvement. Okay. You're 16th. Here are the best defenses and fewest yards allowed. Passing and running over the first month. Now, do you think this matters? Teams giving up the least? The Browns are number one, giving up only 196.8 yards per game. That's insane. That's insane. Now, again, let's put this into context, too. Schedule, who you play, division, all that stuff. So... Just by the numbers, you could go like this. Some teams could look a little bit, man, really? And because of some of the opponents they play, somebody doesn't have a run game. Like the Vikings don't have a running game. Okay? That makes your numbers look a little bit better. Okay? But when you're only giving up 200, you're giving up less than 200 yards a game. That's unbelievable. That's historic. Okay, that's historic. And they are great. And by the way, am I right? Is Jim Swartz D coordinator there? Is is Jim Swartz a defensive coordinator in Cleveland? Wow. So the guy who won the Super Bowl for you was hired by a guy who was in the building in Philly, Andrew Barry, and he's the coordinator there. And you didn't think to bring that guy back to see if he wanted to be even a consultant after Fangio went to Miami? Interesting. You were going to bring Frank Reich back. That's why I bring that up. Cowboys are two. I think that number is misleading. Do I think the Cowboys are the second best defense in the NFL after getting crushed by Arizona? Not likely. I think that number, there's a prime example. Well, we just talked about Philly. Watch this. Seals, who's a, who's a more physical defense, Philly or Dallas? Philly. Philly. Okay. Philly is. Dude, you got, you got, I'll tell you this. Do I ever see this year where, the Eagle defense will give up 200 yards rushing. No way. 
No way. No way. How many, does anybody here think that the Eagles will give up 200 yards rushing? Anybody? Not a chance. Not a chance. If I saw that number against Philly, I'd be like, wow, there must have been a shitload of injuries. And that, like, do I see San Francisco running for 200 yards on Philly? Man, not a chance. Not a chance. Ravens, three. That's a pretty good number for them. 260.8 yards a game. This is why they're winning ball games because they've, they've fixed it and turned this thing around. Eagles are currently giving up 63 yards rushing, ranked second in the NFL. And, and see, that number's a little bit jaded because you know why? Minnesota doesn't have a run game. However, I believe in the personnel they have. So the numbers, they see, look, Dallas is second defense, ranks second rate defense in the NFL. No way. No way. No way. You, you get this. Tone, this is why I told you, Tone, get this. This is why I told you when you come out of that game last night and you saw what Seattle did to New York, this is why I have a different opinion of Dallas's defense, more so on that side of the ball. So wait a minute, let me get this right. Seattle kicked the shit out of that Giants team. Dallas was crowing about it, and they got ran over by Arizona, who has arguably no talent on that roster. And you want to tell me that you got the second defense in the NFL? Dude, I think there's some good players there, bud. They're just, that team's not physical. I do think this Lions team is pretty good at four. I do. 280.5. That's anytime you keep a team under 300 yards of total offense, you're doing a great job. It's not that difficult any longer. Now, look, most teams throw the ball. Hey, throwing a ball in today's NFL for 300 yards, you think that's a big deal? Do you think that's a big deal, throwing for 300 yards in a game? Shit, I see Baker Mayfield do that. I mean, I don't think that's a big deal. Now, I'm not dismissing Jalen because this is the difference with Hurts. Well, it used to be until the Eagles decided to take this stuff back. When Hurts would go for 250 in the air and 75 yards on the ground, you can't stop that. The, the 75 yards are more impactful than the 250 or the 275. Jalen Hurts threw for 300 yards, right? And watch, he still almost beat you with Sam Howell. Jalen Hurts runs for 85, 90 yards and, run, and throws the ball for 275. Commanders are never getting the ball back. You can't defend that. You cannot defend it. Jalen Hurts throw, runs for 28 yards and throws for 316 yards. I'll take that all day. I'll take that all day. He's not the most accurate guy. He's improving at 67-7. I love that. Okay? But he's really had a half of football where he's thrown the ball well. How about the Bills at six? 
Bills shut down a team that scored 70 points the previous week. They're sixth, 288. So the Bills have a top 10 offense and a top six defense. You're doing some things there, man, in Buffalo right now. You're doing some shit in Buffalo right now, bro. Here's here's how the Falcons are staying in that race down in the NFC South. They're seventh in defense. I think the Jesse Bates addition has been a key component to why they've turned that thing around down there. They're getting better on defense. The quarterback, Desmond Ritter, sucks. I would rather have kept Mariota. Okay? I'd rather have kept Mariota. Chiefs, eight. Wow. So you got a top 10 defense, KC, and you got a top 10 offense in Kansas City. It's pretty good, man. You could see when the play breaks down, he wants to run, but but run by because they told him to stay in the pocket. He gets fl- frustrated. Yeah, he also has pre-slides. They're telling him to get down. The Rams are ninth. Way to go, Raheem Morris. I hope he gets another opportunity at being a head coach. Man, I like that coach. We are dear friends. Um, our, our, our first meeting wasn't the best, but we used to go to lunch together, and I really love this coach. And by the way, Aaron Donald's playing great football, man. The Patriots are 10th. That's a good thing for the Eagles. What you guys were saying the last couple weeks about the Patriot defense, as bad as their O looks, they'll always be good on defense. And the Eagles are 16th. Now, but look, like I said, the Dallas thing, dude, Dallas will always have an asterisk, in my opinion, because you got destroyed by Arizona. Destroyed by Arizona. You, you were freaking destroyed. And then you're going to try to take victory laps on that giant win? Hey, man, I'll give you the jet win. But the Giants? Come on now. Let's bring my boy Tone in, man. Get his thoughts on some of the stuff we've been saying here, too, and get his thoughts on what the Eagle coach should do with N'Kobe Dean here, man. So welcome aboard, brother. Big sales. How you feeling today, sir? Oh, good. So some of the stuff, we uh, give you a shot to respond to. Anything stick out to you that? You know, the the one thing, the one topic that, you know, that you brought up earlier that, you know, I'm, I wholeheartedly agree with you with is the idea of how they should handle the, the Nicholas Morrow and the Kobe Dean situation. The reality is, um, we're, you know, we're not saying that Kobe Dean can't play, but the reality is you have a guy in Nicholas Morrow who's been effective. You saw, you see the passing defense with the linebackers specifically. You see them just, I'm not saying they're great in pass coverage because they're not. You know, it's a reason, you know, the team is ranked 27 in the pass defense. But you're seeing them responding better to the tight ends. Now, I don't know if Sean Desai is scheming something up where he's kind of protecting those guys. I don't know if moving moving James Bradbury to the slot is kind of helping those linebackers. I don't know. But the reality is you have a guy in Nicholas Morrow who's been productive, he's been effective, and he always seems to be near the ball. So I don't see why I need to upset that apple cart, especially with this, the way the linebacker unit is set up right now. The reality is none of those guys have really played together that long. 
They need continuity. They need chemistry. And if you upset what's going on between Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham, that could potentially set back that linebacker core. Like you said, and I agree with you with this, with this notion, those guys need to hear the same voice. Unless Nicholas Morrow just craps the bed. And, and I agree with you again about the fact that the, all these linebackers are on a week-to-week basis because none of these guys are old real money. So every week they have to prove it. And Nicholas Morrow is playing like he's proven it every single week. Absolutely. Something maybe you disagreed with. Oh, I'm trying to think, man. You covered a lot of topics. Um, so far, I mean, you've 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 been pretty spot on, especially with the Giants, man. The Giants are just. Do you agree with what I said about the Giants? I mean, I came out of that game going like this. They're pathetic, honestly. Man, I think Seattle put a stick on them too, man. I mean, Dallas is taking victory laps over that, and I get because they saw a big a big number and a goose egg. Mm-hmm. I get it, but dude, man. Right. I mean, it's a Weatherspoon. Yes, yes. You know, I was talking to the sports take guys earlier, D Gunn and Rob Ellis. Shout out to those guys. Uh, They gave me a chance to come on screen and uh, and, and talk to the people. You know, I brought up the fact that, you know, uh, Devin Witherspoon, the dude is talented and he's doing amazing things. But also, that's a Lovey Smith guy. And Lovey Smith also recruited and brought in Sidney Brown. And if Devin Willispoon, and again, they're two different players. One guy plays safety, one guy played corner, but they're just two physical guys that, that's not afraid to throw their body around, and they've been coached up with the right mentality. If if for some reason Sidney Brown can continue to develop and elevate his game and just remain measured, I'm not trying to take the dog out of him, but I want him to slow down and let the and process the game instead of moving too fast. I want him to get to a point where the game becomes instinctual and now his body is just moving to the ball naturally, right? Um, right now he's just throwing his body around. He's battling a little hamstring injury, but he'll be fine. It's not a big deal. I think I think Sidney Brown has a potential, like has a high ceiling if he can figure it out, if he can stay healthy. I, I firmly believe that because of the connection with Lovey Smith, Devin Willispoon in that Illinois program. Absolutely. And he's coached because Lovey likes those guys that Mike Tomlin, all those guys were on the same staff in Tampa. Um, oh, word. Were, Herm okay. Edwards, Herm Edwards, Mike Tomlin, um, Lovey Smith, they were all on the same coaching staff and they learned their trade with Monty Kiffin. Wow. Okay. Dunking your defense back in the day. So that's kind of where they got their trade and they learned it from obviously Coach Dungey, who's a defensive minded guy. So right. that's from his defensive coaching tree. You know, I said something earlier. And I know you like Nick, and I, I, but I'm more on Angelo's side with this. Dude, why do you come out in press conferences and you try to fall on the sword for your coordinators when you what you do is you are telling people in the public something that Eagle fans are not like L.A. or New York fans. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take the lies like that. They're going to know you're right. lying. But right. you know what some people do? They give him the benefit because he's the head coach. And you know what you don't like to do? You don't like to shit on your head coach. That's a flaw, man. I I, I just – there's no reason even to address it. Guy asks a question, hey, as a coaching staff, we have to be better. You don't have to go. Yeah, that was my yeah. Goal. It's it's like, you know, I like Nick, right? And, I, you know, I say it all the time. I like Nick. You know, he seems like a fun guy to be around. He seems yes. Like, he seems like the kind of guy you want to root for, but – you're um, right. I, he knows a, how to I'm handle a, himself in that organization. Right, right. Yeah. He, one thing I will give him credit for, he knows how to maneuver within this organization, you know, working with Jeffrey Laurie, Harry Roseman, all those Absolutely. guys. He knows how to maneuver. And I and I had the opportunity to meet Nick in person. He's real down to earth, man. Real cool dude. Um, 
my man, my man came to the Maxwell Awards at a tuxedo and Jordans, like just a just a calm, cool, collected dude, right? So I, I like Nick. Don't get it twisted. I like him, but I'm definitely more of a Doug guy. But of course, he got a Super Bowl. Why, why wouldn't I be right? <laughs> um, but you know, it's just Nick. At times, I feel like he says too much. I feel like Nick says more than what he really has to sometimes. But I think that's that. It's in him. You know, my wife tells me all the time, like, sometimes you talk too much. You know what I'm saying? And I think so, at times Nick gets There's so much caught. Italian in your tone. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick speaks so freely sometimes, and he just he feels the need to answer all their questions in grave detail. And my mindset is, listen, man, you ain't got to give them everything. If, if they're asking you about one guy, make it about the group. And it's okay to do that. And I also understand why he goes out of his way to defend guys, even though I don't agree with how he does it. I get it because the last thing you want to do is appear fractured, you know, within your organization and to the and to the immediate public. But I don't like how he answers some questions sometimes. I'll be completely honest with that. How about this here, man? You said something to me the other day about when you make a decision like the Nicobe Dean decision to potentially put him in as a starter, you lose yeah. the locker room. Do you know why? To your point, he'll never lose that locker room. Because they'll always go with management. Because management picked those players in that locker room. And as long as he goes along with management, okay. he'll never lose the locker room. Because every guy in that building tone knows that Nick had nothing to do with personnel. You have input. Your position coaches have input. But the decision-making, the trades, this is where Doug lost the team. Because he started countering playing in Howie's sandbox. Right. And when he played in Howie's sandbox, Howie plays in his sandbox. He didn't know the structure of command in the building. Yeah, he thought and, he was Andy Reid. Right. And But here's the thing, right? You know, I can't even get mad at Doug for wanting to, you know, wanting to swing his weight around. I mean, he coached this team to a Super Bowl win. And on top of that, he didn't just win it. He won it with a backup quarterback and coached his ass off. So, I mean, yeah. I've rewatched re that, you know, may maybe I'm living in the past and I know I am, but I'm an Eagles fan. It's our own Super Bowl. So I'm going to always uh, enshrine it. Um, but I, I, re I rewatched that Super Bowl at least once a year. And just seeing how Doug responded to every punch that, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady threw punch, counterpunch, counterpunch, punch, counterpunch, slip, slide, um, bob and weave, stick and move. He was literally, it was an exhibition. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure if you're in a boxing or not, but, you know, it kind of reminded me of that Terrence Crawford, Errol Spence fight, right? You know, a lot of people thought Errol Spence was just going to come in because he was the bigger guy. He was proven all that kind of stuff. Terrence Crawford, he was proven as well, but not the bigger guy, but, it was just a it was just an exhibition of technique fundamentals and just perfect execution that's what that eagles super bowl reminded me of just perfect execution every decision cuz the way that game was flowing it could have went bad oh. either way for both teams one one misplay one you know one three and out this game could be totally different. Doug coached his behind off, and I got to give credit where credit is due. Sirianni, I'm still holding that Super Bowl against him because there were decisions that he made or didn't make that went against his better nature, and I felt like he got tight. I need to see Nick Sirianni in in that role again. I need to see Nick Sirianni in that position again so I can find out if he, you know, if if, if he's really about it. Let's take a look at that staff and look at how what you're saying that it's good that you go back and watch on perfection on how you coach 
It was, it was, versus, it was perfect. It was perfect. Versus Belichick and Brady, who are first ballot, unanimous Hall of Fame guys. And Patricia. Patricia was there too. Okay. How about this? Swartz has got the number one defense in the National Football League right now in Cleveland. You got a guy who's turning Jacksonville around. Little bumpy start out of the gate, but turning around Lawrence in that shitbox of a show down in Jacksonville. You got Frank Reich, who's a head football coach in Carolina. Okay? You've got guys that were littered on that coaching staff, dude, that you had the perfect world. Nick Foles just needed that kind of confidence. And when you look at that coaching staff versus the coaching staff that you have now, and you look at that and you go, let me tell you something, Tone. If that team doesn't win a Super Bowl, it'll be decision-making. It'll be decision-making like it was in Arizona. That team is – here, I'll tell you what. I'm more impressed with what the players are doing out of the gate at 4-0. You give me a grade for that coaching staff, I would do this. I give them a C, C honestly. Best. I, yeah, the coaching staff as a whole, I give them a C. You know, so far throughout these past four games, I've seen questionable decision-making. I've seen questionable situation of football. I've seen questionable red zone play calling. How about player personnel with Andre Swift not being active? How about not getting the ball to Goddard? Is that is that the quarterback? And by the way, also, what I don't like is let Hurts eat. Let him, let him eat, dude. Man, he tone in the second half of that game. We talked about it yesterday a little bit. I think you're right, dude. He just went like this. Fuck it. I'm gonna go out there and win this thing here, man. Because you know why? Dude, the most effective play he had wasn't the 54 yard or, or the touchdown in the end. Because that 20 plus yard run was came back and what had a chance to win the ball game. Yeah. The thing was that third down and eleven when he broke out. You just like 20 went, yards. Like, that was a backbreaker. That was, as long as run, that was as long as running the season. And um, it kind of reminded me of that Colts game. The Colts game was obviously uglier. The score was lower. But in that second half, you saw a switch flip in Jalen Hurts. He just told him – you can tell he said to himself, okay, I don't care what, I don't care what player they're calling. I'm, 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 winning this, I'm winning this game my way. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of the Giants, we were talking – if I'm if I'm Barkley, man, they're pathetic. We go back, dude. I you know what? I don't believe he's sandbagging. But what would compel me to go back out there knowing full well you've been trying to trade me and you're most likely going to trade me in the offseason to try to get picks? You tried to trade me already to Miami. Tone, why would I go out there with an offensive line that almost got Daniel Jones killed last night? 10 sacks, and you're going to put me back into that environment and you want me to play behind that line when you gave get this. I would much, like I said in the first hour, I'd much rather have seen you go after Isaac Sayamalo or right. Andre Dillard and try to shore up that offensive Even line. Even DeAndre Hopkins. Like, you You're know, right. and, and look, I'm all about building the trenches first, but if you would have got D-Hop, I would have been like, I get it. I wouldn't have been upset. I, I would have I understood the move. The moment that the, the Daniel Jones contract, you know, came across the newswire, I literally said, thank you. Because I knew, I knew they were doomed from the beginning. You paid that man all that money and he's really done nothing to really show you. But he, to be fair, he didn't even have a Jalen Hurts season last year. Like no. it, 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 it's just I don't I don't understand why they felt no. so compelled to pay this to pay this. Nobody man. was giving him forty in the open market. I would have called his bluff, dude. I'll take Ryan Tannehill over that guy. I, I told I just, you I'll take Tyler Heineke over I, him. At least I'll Tyler, take Sam least, Howell. You know it's 
it's crazy. You know, I, you know, we, we we spoke about this um earlier in the show about the running game, right? And you mentioned Saquon Barkley. You know, they decided to pay Dame Jones. And look, I understand the quarterback position is much more valuable than a running back position. And I'm not exactly sure what numbers Barkley wanted. I think he wanted somewhere around 12, 13 million. Whatever. First he wanted 16 and then he walked it back. So he was willing to work with you. My overall point is though, these teams, the whole the whole offseason, right? And I spent and I said it's a D gun and Rob. I think the Giants got caught up in the whole narrative all offseason about how you don't need to pay a running back. It's a passing league. I so think Minnesota so got caught up in I, it. And they got caught up in it. And the reality is, sure, you may not need to pay a running back 20 million or 15 million, sure. But you need to invest in that position somehow, some way. You need to make sure that position is taken care of. Like I said to you earlier, the top three, the the um the top five teams in rushing, Dolphins, Eagles, Niners, Ravens, Browns, combined record 16 and 4. Um, the bottom five teams in rushing, Raiders, Bengals, uh, Packers, Steelers, Vikings, have a combined record of seven and thirteen. You need a running game. You need a running back, period. How about this? Now you see why Howie wanted McCaffrey. Okay. If I'll be honest, how we would have got McCaffrey last season, I think the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah, oh yeah. Hey, you take McCaffrey off that 49er team, that is that is not remotely the closest. That's you, remotely you literally not see close. the moment he got there, Sil. I'm so glad you brought CMC up. The, the moment he got there, you saw the entire complexion of that defense. Has just he changed. lost the regular season game since he got there? Because when he got there, um, when he, I don't believe he's lost a regular season game. They lost one, and the only but one he they came lost, in on that Denver because, game. Right, right, right. The only reason they lost is because I think it was the week he got traded, and I don't know if he even yeah, played. He played. He didn't start. Right. I think ever since he started in San Fran, they they haven't lost a ball game. Yeah, not including the regular I, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you're right. See, see him. I, I watch CMC play, and it just seems like. It seems like he's moving at a different speed than everybody else. It seems like it's, it seems like he's seeing the game in a whole another language. Would you pay him twenty million? CMC. Oh, that's, that's a little scary. I think that's oh, what he's making. Oh man, let me. As a matter of fact, let's 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 find out, right? Because these running back contracts are. One I of think the he's making twenty million. Let's you know. Let, let, let's let's see really quickly, right? Um, <laughs> top do. salaries, average salaries, running backs. I got it right here. Give me five seconds. One, two, three. Okay. CMC currently has an average salary of sixteen million. Sixteen. Uh, okay. And then, and then Alvin Kamara is fifteen. Derrick Henry is twelve point five. Chubb is twelve point two because he was on the tag, I think. Uh, Aaron Jones twelve million. Josh Jacobs eleven point seven. Uh, so yes, Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid running back, and you see why. Um, but Would you pay I don't him sixteen. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine San Francisco without him? Can I guarantee his health? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Can I guarantee his health? Hey, you get your money. You get your money if you're healthy. If you don't, you get a bag of vittles. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, Christopher McCaffrey. Look, look I, I'm a little nervous about the, the Niners, though. And oh, I'll tell yeah, you this: yeah, they're yeah. using him a lot early, and that I'm a little nervous about this. You do think over the you, Brock Purdy's a deal? You know what's so funny? Last season, of course, I was like, Brock Purdy, yeah, right. But seeing, just seeing how he carries himself with the situation and look, a lot of people want to say, well, what if he ain't have this? What if he ain't have that? Look, I hate that conversation because I don't like when people have that conversation about Jalen Hurts. What if he doesn't have Brown or Smith or Swift or whatever? I don't like, I don't like that kind of conversation. So I'm not going to put it on him. 
The reality is, in his situation, he's maximizing it to the best of his ability. And I got to give credit where credit is due. He's balling. Right now, he's playing like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, maybe top five. $937,000. There's a chance that a quarterback could win the Super Bowl making less than a million dollars a year. What do you think the contract negotiations would look like oh, for, for, you, for Mr. Irrelevant? You know why they're going to – and get this. And they don't get it for the cheap. You want to know why? Because of so many pieces around him and he knows it. Yeah, but here, here's something that Jalen Hurts has had to overcome. Dak okay. Prescott and some of these other guys. You keep saying to people, not you, but right, everyone right, right. around the country, they keep questioning it is because he's Mr. Irrelevant. If he was a first-rounder, nobody would be questioning it. They wouldn't even question it. You wouldn't question it. You you're not looking it. at his work. What you're looking at is where he went. And right. that's why everyone was like, that's a fourth, fifth rounder. He, that's why the Cowboys hedged their bets on him. And that's why everybody, even in, hey, you agree, right? Even going into the 2022 season, Eagle fans were like, hey, is he going to be the guy? Nobody yeah. was sold on him. Yeah, no, no, not no, even right. Eagles. They had two ones for the following April draft. To maybe go in and get a quarterback. Look, you know, I'll be fully transparent here. I'm transparent right now. You know, when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, I scratched my head for a long time. And I was wondering what the hell was what's going on? What's the what's the move? I don't get it. But then I really sat with it, right? You know, as draft night, you know, progressed, I really thought about our situation. I thought Personally. he was going to Pittsburgh. I did. He thought he was. So, oh, yeah. you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He he said he said that on the Jason on, on the um on the New Heights podcast with oh, okay. Jason, Jason Travis. He's he thought he was going to be in Pittsburgh. But he actually ended up across the way in Philadelphia, right? But here's the thing, right? You brought up a really interesting point. If if Brock Purdy was a first-rounder, we wouldn't question it. If Jalen Hurts was a first-rounder, we wouldn't question it. If Dak was a first-rounder, we wouldn't question it, right? Trevor Lawrence, he's a first overall. He's 2-2 two and two right now. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's not playing terribly. But Look at Burrow. He's playing terrible. Now he's hurt. No, no, yeah, he, he's hurt. He's hurt. But still, no one really questions no. when they have bad games or whatever it is. No one questions it. You know, they're still the first-round darlings. Because you know why people and what they're doing with Purdy, they're waiting for him to turn back into Clark Kent. Yeah. <laughs> no, what do you always say? Um, they're waiting for him to turn back into a pumpkin. That's what they're waiting on, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're waiting for this guy to, to go back. Oh, it's midnight. Okay, it's a pumpkin now. I'll be Cinderella honest. I'll, now has to go home. I'll be honest with you. Listen, I'm not, I'm not going to never lie to you, Sills. I'm waiting on it, too. But I don't know if it's going to come. <laughs> See, man, everybody keeps waiting on this thing. And this guy's undefeated. And he's out to now look a completely different league and all that kind of shit you can't really do decades i hate when people go well montana back and well you know it's a yeah. different world today than it was back yeah. in the day completion percentages are completely different all that i get it i know, I know I'm, a lot of people i'm say shocked Dan marino you you, you ever, i'm pretty sure you heard the whole Dan marino thing back not too long ago where he was like yeah i would throw like i would throw for like six thousand yards in this league and all that kind of stuff and i will win up my thing is Dan marino if i'm not mistaken correct me if i'm wrong Dan marino didn't he didn't have a running game, but he also didn't want a running game. He didn't want no. to run the ball, right? That's why he didn't win. And that's why I'll give you win. real quick. This is the problem. So why would, why would that change now? You know, you're still the same person. You get what I mean? So yeah. Oh no, no, you're right. That's a great point that Marino thinks he would throw for ten thousand yards. But he, my he question would be, okay, so you'd be a better version of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, that's what he's saying because here's the problem: when Jimmy showed up. You see what they tried to do so much around him under the Shuley years, they did. They won. A, get this, they kind of like Cousins. They won a ton of games. They won a boatload of games. But guess how many AFC title games they went to? Two in his eighteen years. They went to two, won one, went to a Super Bowl, got annihilated by the Forty ers and 
when you look at the way Marino, when Jimmy got there, dude, they, he goes, we, let's trade him to Pittsburgh. He wanted to send him home because he played at Pitt, right? Um, uh, he says here, you think Tyrod Taylor was pretty good on Sunday? Yeah, in the second half he was. Hey, man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but Jimmy tried to get a running game. Marino goes like this. No way. I thought our offense is just fine. Jimmy went, you know why? Troy Aikman will always have more success than you because Troy Aikman is like Jalen Hurts. Hey, man, I might only have to throw the ball for 153 yards in this game. I don't have to throw the ball for 450 yards in this game. We're going to win. He's more, he's coachable. Dan Marino's not coachable. What do you think is the, the worst and the best trait to have at the quarterback position? The worst and the best. Coachability. So as the coachability being the best. or the And, and, and adapting. Okay. Now, what do you think is the worst trick to have at, at quarterback? Non-listener. Mm, just, okay. just being stubborn. Not seeing, not being, being stubborn. Prideful. Being and prideful, seeing right? guys. How many times do you see quarterbacks throw a ball in? Like what, Josh Allen in the Jet game. That's stubborn. That's boneheaded. Mm-hmm. That's thinking your talent is going to win ball games when you have to rely on the other 10 guys in your huddle. You have to rely on your team. It's not about you. It's about all the dudes in your huddle, man, to make that offensive play work. We see so many guys force – Phillip Rivers is a great example of this too, forcing footballs into tight windows when you could check down. See, Brady, they call him the checkdown king. Well, if checkdown gets me seven Super Bowls, sign me up. Sign on me ball. the hell up. <laughs> I mean – who would you really rather be? A guy who chucks the ball down the field? This is why that Bruce Arians thing didn't work, Tone. Because remember when they were seven and five, they got beat by the Bears or some shit. Yeah, and then Brady forgot it was what fourth down or something like fourth that. Fourth down, was, the whole thing was a train wreck. Yeah. He goes in, he goes, No risk it, no biscuits, not working. Right. We're gonna check this bitch down. We're gonna get playoff Lenny going. And they went on the roll, man. They never looked back after that after that bear loss, and they went on. You get this, if you remember right, they didn't even win the division that year. The Saints, right? Didn't. They didn't. That's a good point. I didn't. I forgot all about. They that. didn't that's, even win the division. That's why I don't care about. Um, that's why I don't care about Jalen Hurts' stats. You know, that's that's why when people get into those debates, I'm like, who cares? I don't care. He's he's leading them to victories. He's making the play that he needs to make to win the. I don't care about Jalen Hurts' stats at all. I like Jalen Hurts the person. I like him as a quarterback. I like the way he carries himself. I like the way he handles his business. I like him as a player. I don't care about his – I don't care about none of his stats. Does he move the chains? Um, what are his – what's his efficiency in the red zone? Does he protect the ball, right? Does he make winning plays, right? Does he limit negative plays, right? I don't care about his passing yards, rushing yards, passing touchdowns. Did he – was he able to lead this offense from his own 20 – all the way to the other team's end zone. Did he do that? I don't care who gets the TD, baby. You see what Keon says, Seals cares. And I'm going to tell you why I do care. Do you think Jalen Hurts right now is 250 in the air, 75 on the ground? Do you think that's that's who I see him? That's who I think he is. Do you think he's been that in the first month of the season? Overall, no. Overall, but That's o- who he is. O- o- overall, he's been playing tight. But if you don't have, you if, think if you ask that's me. who he is? Watch this. Patrick Mahomes is this 350, 25 yards on sprints when he has to take off to kind of keep plays going no. and kind of get the chains moving. 
but he's not going to go. Yeah. He, he he's more three. I'll say he's more 300, 320, yeah. and twenty five yards. That's who he is. Right. When right. you start coming away from your identity, okay, and you start getting out of your identity, that's when we're not playing Jalen Hurts football. And right now, he's dude. He is so electric. That second half of the Commanders game was totally Jalen Hurts football. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and when and Eagles fans, when I say I don't care about his stats, what I'm saying is I don't care about him throwing 300, 400 yards. Like, you know, but stay you know, who you are, stay who you are, be, be you. That's why they paid you. Be you, make your plays. You know what I'm saying? Um, 200 yards passing, 75, 80 yards rushing. I'll take it with the W. You can't. And you can't efficient. defend that, though. I'll take you, it. You can't defend that because his 75 yards are most likely on third and long, okay? And he breaks he breaks people's back, Tone, not with the two fit. Dude, Jalen Hurts' passing didn't break the commander's back. They were on the goal line with a two-point opportunity to win the game. And it yeah. was a shitty decision and a overtime field goal it wasn't anything the offense really should have hurts doesn't play well in the second half they might get beat by 10 okay oh, yeah, sure. i mean the, the the defense their worst performance was against that commander team and if you look at the numbers the commanders really didn't really put up sensational numbers in that game yeah they were they really Time did. possession they, and they limited their plays they literally executed the exact same game plan from the previous season only, the only difference was the turnovers. And that's how the Eagles were able to win the game because they limited the turnovers and they managed to take advantage of opportunities at the right time. This defense still needs a lot of work. They're battling a lot of injuries. And overall, um, Sean Desai has been on the right side of things for me because I understand his situation. He he's actually had to had to work with less than Jonathan Gannon. And I feel like he's I, I feel like the linebackers are playing. You know, pretty pretty solid. All things they're considered. getting better week to week. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 going. It's really I'm really curious to see what this defense looks like after the bye week. They need to fire Terrell Edmonds. Yeah, man. He's um he's running like he has bricks in his in his cleats. But he just how many he, times did he get turned around in that game on yeah. Sunday? Three, four, five. I mean, I lost count after the second half. I mean. Dude, he is a liability out there. Hey, listen, keep he an eye. On, them. Keep an eye on Howie trade deadline. I wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's looking at another safety or even a, um, a linebacker. Right? I know Sal Powell said, "Don't be surprised if they look for a running back too." How so, about? Wow, that would be a shocker. Um, how about this one? Last question here for you. Um, yes, sir. I say the difference between the 49ers and the Eagles right now is that today, after the first month of the season. The Niners are more balanced with a better defense and a better offense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, my, you know, the reality is um, even though I'm an Eagles fan, I have odds and the 49ers, despite their, despite the first four games they played, I mean, they haven't really not played, world beaters. They're not world beaters, but they've, they've, they've shown that we're here and you're here. The Eagles were as though they've had teams that really aren't on their level, but they made them appear like that for a little bit. And I think that's the that's the difference. Like you said, on defense, the Niners defense just looks lights out. And that's that's really the main difference. If the Eagles had a top, if the Eagles were playing with the top five defense, the Niners and the Eagles would, would, would literally be looking this exactly the same. Here's here's my problem with the Eagle defense and where they are right now. Yeah. You've given three of the four teams that you've beaten last drive opportunities to beat you. I don't like that. Where last year like 
those teams were put to sleep early. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that to me is the difference in the team so far this year compared to last year. Was that they put them to sleep? Can I ask you a question really quickly before we get out here? Um, I'm thinking about you know everything came so easy to the Eagles last year, right? Everything just seemed like it was just working. This year, so far through the first four games, you're seeing them having to really dig deep and really and, and really look in the mirror and ask themselves, who are we? And because they've came out on top of things. Or rather, because they've been able to have a gut check moment, they've been able to win these games. You know how, and you know you played you played this game on the highest of levels. You know college ball, the NFL, um, Canadian football. You played pro football all over the world. So, so I'm really curious about your perspective on this. How valuable are even though we expect the Eagles to really blow these teams out, how valuable are those kind of wins and how you win them in the long run, especially when you get into the playoffs when sometimes things can get a bit ugly. How valuable are those kind of wins that the Philadelphia Eagles have been able to sustain and remain 4-0? How valuable is that? A couple things there, what you just said there. The first part of that is the reason why people are playing closer to them, the Eagles are becoming predictable. Because, Mm. again, remember what was said to us in the um, preseason? They're not going to really change their formula when it comes to their defense, and they haven't. And they're really not going to change what they're doing offensively. So they've become predictable. And that's why teams are in all these games. The Eagles have to adjust. That's what the Goddard thing is to me, where it just doesn't make sense that you really don't have to adjust. You just have to get the ball to the kid. I mean, last year you were spreading it around. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You, and to me, I'll tell you what I think also the problem is. I'll get to the second part of your thing. Um, right, right. This Kenneth Gainwell edition, dude, I, I mean, get, he should not be part of the game plan. He should be an afterthought in the game plan. He should be like if Swift's tired or something like that. He shouldn't be a focal point in a critical part of any game for that football team. He's the lesser of all of your talented players that you have in the offensive huddle. I mean, he's lesser than all of them, and yet you're featuring him sometimes in drives. I don't get that. And it's get this, it's at the expense of Goddard. Why would you put him over Goddard as a priority? How is that? I need to get that guy going. I don't give a shit about Kenny Gainwell. Now, to the second part of your deal, dude, you learn in adversity. You don't learn being a front runner. And when you have to grind and you have to scrape, let me tell you what they're going through also. They're going through that Super Bowl thing, but they're winning. I mean, look at what the Rams did after they won the Super Bowl. They got their shit kicked in. They got their doorknobs knocked off. 
They had a horrible season. Right. You're like, I mean, look at what they, it was like last year. McVay thought of quitting. And you're saying, yeah, people forget, people forget about that. He was about to, he was he was about to retire and go to the TV. Booth. He was going to quit. And so he goes, okay, I'll come back. Bro, I mean, it's it, to me, again, I think you learn a lot through this. And if they could come through it, and you know what's crazy? You know, you, you see some of these knuckleheads in here, and you know, we both said this this thing's going to be half halfway through the season when you're going to start to see really improvement. What was the fool's gold was you started seeing Davis and Jalen Carter playing well. Well, guess what happened? Washington, you know how they've, you know how they stopped those two quick passing game. Yep. They still got back there, but they weren't the dominant force and they were able to run the ball. Why? Because the enemy knew how quick passing would open up the lanes a little more in the middle and they were able to get, they outrushed the Eagles. Yeah. And you're you're a a DT, right? You're a former DT. How frustrating is that when you see the ball getting out and you know you can get this quarterback, but the ball's getting out so fast. How frustrating is that for a DT? But you know what they're trying to do. They're trying to quick pass you and what they're going to do. They always have to come back to the run game to keep that third and short. They won first down. Washington won first down. The majority of that football game, that's also a factor in what kept them in it. Tone, great stuff, brother. I yes, appreciate sir. you always, man. Thank you I very, you more, man. very Thank much. Thank you. Great stuff. My friend Philly 500 is also going to join us at 4.30 Eastern time. Don't forget our great friends, man. We love them. Our friends at Hooters, there's no question about it, man. We are proud to be the official home this year with in line with our friends at Hooters. Seven locations in the Northeast area. No question about it. We're so proud of our relationship with 40 years uh, going and going strong with them. Do me a favor. Go to northeasthooters.com to find that location nearest you in the northeast area you're absolutely going to love also the app hooters to go.com maybe you don't want to go in try the food you will absolutely fall in love with it if you do go in try some of our great specials buy 10 wings get 10 boneless free wing wednesdays 1983 all you can eat kids eat for free on saturdays northeasthooters.com that's northeasthooters.com when you roll into any one of the hooters do me a favor tell them big seal sent you and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. show our boy philly 500 is going to join us at the bottom of the hour here we are going to look at we looked at the top defenses eagles by the way were 16th we're going to look at the top offenses in the national football league and also mvp and the odds so far in what we're looking at so far in the first quarter poll of the season yeah i think sometimes some of you look at the numbers and when i bring numbers up it's because our coaches brought numbers up. You guys keep talking to me that stats don't matter. Then why would pro football coaches and college coaches bring up numbers every single practice? Why would they? What, what, what do you think they do when they're talking about trends? Or they're talking about what teams like? Or we're talking about percentages of what a team does in this formation? What do you talk? What 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 exactly? Like, do you think Kirk Cousins? There's a map on how to beat Kirk Cousins. Yeah, make him throw a ton of plays, get a couple three and outs, and you run the ball at him, and you keep the ball away from him. You don't want to get in a shootout with a Minnesota, because Minnesota can hang with you with their with their talented players. You got to beat them up. They're a finesse team. Minnesota's a finesse team. Stats are for motivation. That's the first time I heard that one. Stats tell you who a player is. So let me get this right. You think that a guy like Jonathan Taylor, say, who averages 1,400 yards a year, or Derrick Henry, who averages 1,500 yards a year, you think those are stats? When he's running you over or Marshawn Lynch? Say you got a guy running five yards a clip and he's got 1,500 yards. Is those your stats to you? Or do you think you have to put your chin down and get ready for a physical football game? Do, do you actually think? Okay? Records sometimes don't matter. when Records don't matter in the playoffs. No matter what your record is, 
doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's no bearing on winning a Super Bowl. Actually, now, even when you get into the college playoff, your record doesn't matter anymore. So when you guys throw four and up, up, it's dumb. Who's playing the best ball a month into the season today? Like you guys tell me. I think it's Buffalo actually playing the best ball. They're playing lights out. You know why? Because that dude's not turning the ball over up there. There's not a chance in hell Jalen Hurts has outplayed Josh Allen. Not remotely close. Not remotely close. Jalen's played a really good half in a month. That's it. That's it. All right. Let's take a look at these top 10 offenses in the NFL. Let's go from 10 up this time. This is an absolute shocker. If you were to tell me, who do you think is the 10th best offense in pro football? What would you say? What would you say? What would you say? Hard to believe it's the Texans. Boy, I'll tell you what, man. C.J. Stroud, unbelievable. Unbelievable start to his career. He has been unbelievable. You know, man, he may break the mold finally for Ohio State quarterbacks. They got a nice running back. Would we not say after the first month of the season that if you were to vote on the Coach of the Year award, would you give it to D'Amico Ryans? Would you would you give it to D'Amico Ryans? Who 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 else would you give it to? Dude, he's coaching his ass off down there, man. One of the few things the Texans have done right. Will Anderson looks like a ball player. Dude, Shane Steichen, too, is in that conversation. He is. Dude, I mean, didn't they beat the Ravens? Crazy. Vikings are ninth, 370.8. The Lions. So the Lions have the fourth best defense in the NFL and the eighth best offense at 386-3. We're going to start looking at teams with balance here. Vikings aren't in the top 10 in defense, obviously. That's going to be a major problem for them getting into the winter months. Okay? The Lions, though, are fourth in defense and they're eighth in offense. You're going to win some ball games. The Lions right now are trending as a playoff team. The Bills, in my opinion, look at this. So the Bills have the sixth best defense and the sixth best offense in the NFL. One of my Super Bowl predictions. 
Okay. One of my Super Bowl predictions is right there. Bill's sixth in offense, sixth in defense. You're almost a top five offense and a top five defense in the AFC. Dude, here, just off this list here, Lions. The Chargers are seventh in offense. They got a, they had a good performance by Khalil Mack this last weekend, but they got to improve their secondary. Bills are sixth in defense. <laughs> JM goes, they can't stop the run. Well, you can't stop a pass. Sam Howe kicked their ass. Eagles are fifth in offense at 392. What does that tell me? That's pretty damn good. That's your fifth with really not a passing game so far this year. Hertz is not lighting league on fire, throwing the ball. But you're still fifth in offense? That means there's a ton of room for improvement. Ton of room for improvement. And you're sixth. So you're fifth in offense and 16th in defense. Currently, this football team, hey, 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 Tone, weren't the Eagles second in defense last year and like, Third in offense last year. That's what made you a Super Bowl team. That's why, that's where you're trending. As of right now, you're not trending as a Super Bowl team. Last year, you were like third in offense, second in defense. You were balanced. You're not balanced this year. Okay. And that was pretty much. Like a heartbeat the whole way through the season, wasn't it? You were pretty much that, like, you know, that pulse throughout the entire year. You're starting here like this. You're kind of having to go uphill a little bit here. Your defense is keeping teams in games. And your three and outs in like have, have kept other teams in the games too as well. Okay. The funny thing is, where this team is, it's playing out exactly how we discussed sales. It is. Everyone is fighting me on it, but unfortunately, it's exactly what's happened. You're exactly where I thought you'd be. And I didn't say you weren't going back to the NFC title game. I said you were. But this is exactly how I thought the season would play out for you. Or the start of the season. The first half of the season, I said this would be exact. It's played exactly the way it came out. Okay? Your coordinators would struggle. Your defense would struggle in the pass game. Tackling could be an issue. I was shocked at your defensive run game. That I am. Because I thought it was going to be worse. Your linebacker play was sorry getting better one game don't make a season okay consistency you got to have some sample size a month of the season is a sample size okay it's a sample size also shocked 
Yeah, you know what? I would say this. The two shockers so far in the month of the season has been the fact that your pass defense is horrific and your passing offense has struggled. Those would be the those would be the shocking things. And, and I would also throw in there that your run defense too is a is a big surprise. A pleasant surprise. Okay? A pleasant surprise. Um, how about the get this with the Rams? Look where the Rams are right now. So you think that hey, how many people think this Rams game is gonna be easy? How many people? Hey, just give me a preliminary score. What you think your uh, score would be against the Rams? Preliminary score. <laughs> Sean decide better bring two playbooks, according to Tone. By the way, who's blocking Donald? Donald lining up over your right guard. Interesting. Interesting. Apologize about the internet here. Hopefully we get, get an opportunity to come back here a little bit. Um, 43, 37-21-20. 31-21. 34-17. Always count on JM for his unrealistic look. So you're going to go into a football game against the Rams who are currently ninth in defense and fourth in offense. And you think you're going to beat the shit out of them when you're fifth in offense and 16th in defense. Really? The Rams are playing more balanced football and the Rams have a better win on their schedule. And on they may not have the same record you do. They got a better win than you do. Seattle. Who have you beaten that's as good as Seattle? Washington? Tampa? You don't think Tampa's better than Seattle? I do not. They got hey, but how about this? You guys are 4 0, and they got a better win than you. They got a better win than you. And someone goes, What about the Cincinnati game? Yeah, well, you're playing Burrow. You're not playing against Baker Mayfield. They've actually played better quarterbacks, too. Dude, they got superior coaches than you. Raheem Morris is a good coordinator. He's a Super Bowl champion D coordinator. And you got a coach that's got two NFC championship rings and a Super Bowl ring. And you think you got a better staff than the Rams? You might want to take that one back. I'm not. Oh, by the way, it's at So High Stadium. That thing will look like Lincoln Financial West. Rams don't have fans. <laughs> they got gazers. Here's a Rams fan. Ready? You guys want to see a Rams fan? What's going on over there? What's what's going on over there? Is that football? Who's in the building? Is that Taylor Swift? Oh my God! Hey, is that Jay Z? 
Those are Rams fans. That, that's a Rams fan. Senor's got it now that because Baker Mayfield is three and one, he's a better quarterback than Joe Burrow. How dumb. Man, some of you guys, seriously, are three syllables away from actually being committed to one of those homes where, you know, you sit around with a binky in your mouth because they're afraid you're going to bite your tongue or swallow it. I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, Tone, some of these guys in here, man, I mean it, man, you're, you're this close away from having someone commit you or Baker act your ass and put a binky in your mouth because they're afraid you're going to swallow your tongue. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just crazy, man. The Rams are playing good ball, man. They're a pretty good balanced football team. They're ninth in defense, and they're fourth in offense. Oh, yeah, but we're 4-0. They're 2-2. and <laughs> We'll see how that plays out. Hey, you better bring your – you better bring as much game film as you possibly can because McVay's going to coach the shit out of you. And so far, by what I've seen, let me just say this, man. If I was going in for a heart transplant and I had to pick doctors from the Eagle staff and from the Ram staff, and my doctor's Nick Sirianni and his staff and Sean McVay and his staff, I'm going to tell the guys in Philly, hey, guess what? Call me when you get more experience. I'm going with those guys. Look at here. Peter goes, I hate Philly because I pointed out the Rams have a better coaching staff. You don't like reality, do you, guy? Like Jesus said, forgive them, Lord, for they know what, what they do. No, 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 bear here. Forgive them, Lord, for they know what they not say. You know, forgive them, Lord, for what they say. Some of these guys, I don't know, man. You don't need a COVID shot. You need some other type of shot. I don't know. There's something crazy, man. Well, Sean McVay's two and two. He's got a better win than you. Well, does that make him a better team? No. That means they're going to be ready for this game. So let me get this right. Cooper Cup and this other kid they got from BYU, which I won't embarrass myself to try to pronounce his name. How do you think those guys are going to fare? This ain't Baker Mayfield throwing the ball, too, to Mike Evans. This is Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. Won a Super Bowl two years ago. He's banged up, albeit. How do you think that's going to go? I saw Mac Jones light you up. Mac Jones. Then I saw Sam Howell light you up. That guy's different than them dudes. And let's see the so you've taken on that you've taken on really good D coordinators, right, Tone? Would you not say that Andy Reid and Sean McVay are the two best head coaching play calling guys in the league? Would you say that those two guys are probably the best head coach play calling type guys? in the NFL right now because of the resume. I wouldn't put Kyle Shanahan even in his resume. 
with those resumes. Because you know why? McVay's won. McDaniels hasn't won shit. <laughs> okay. I believe he's a good play caller, but you got to cash that in. Okay. Sean McVay and Andy Reid are not quite on the same page. But I'll tell you what I'll do for McVay. I'll put him on the doorstep. He's only 39. And he's got two NFC championship rings and a Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni, Sean McVay. Oh, that's a matchup. The cheerleader versus the coach. (laughs) Oh, no. 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 Can't be. Can't be. Andy Reid lost to Detroit, so he must not be as good a coach. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit about that stuff. How are you playing over a month? How are you playing over a month? So the Bills drop the opener. Did they get better every week? Have the Eagles gotten better every week? No. They got better in a half. And you still almost gave the How about this? The Washington game came down to a coaching decision. Not going for X, not going for the two. And not by your coach. Washington had the game on a flip of a coin and chose not to flip the coin. You didn't, like, blow the doorknobs off Washington. 4-0 only matters in college football. Philly 500, man. I'm going to have some fun with him today. 4-0, baby. So you're going to go into another – get this. Have you gone into a football game yet this year where you've had the upper hand in coaching? Let me think. Eagles will win another ugly game because Rams don't like to play uglier. Like to play uglier. All these teams got too much pride in their schemes and Eagles will take whatever they give us. Jalen is the MVP. All right, Will. By the way, he's still in the, um, he's still in the odds, man. He's still in it. We'll have that coming up a little bit, too. Yes, sir, baby. Okay. Now, Sale says McVeigh is light years above Sirianni because he won a Super Bowl. Um, McVeigh went to the Super Bowl in his second year, didn't he? Didn't McVay go to the Super Bowl in his second year? And didn't he lose the Super Bowl 14-3? Didn't McVay go to a Super Bowl when he was 36 years old as the head coach of the Rams? Chris? I mean, am I wrong? Was it the second year that he took the Rams to the Super Bowl? So wait a minute. So McVay, the second year, took a team to the Super Bowl. And then two years later, won it. Uh, Yeah, he's light years ahead of you. And he was the play caller. He's been the play caller the entire time. Your your boy, 
is not a play caller. He's a cheerleader. From a coaching perspective, I believe the Eagles staff only expected, only exceeded the Vikings. Yeah. I feel the Bucks, Pats, and Commanders had overall more experienced staff, successful staff. Absolutely. Okay. This is going to be fun because my boy, man, he has been touting, man. 4 0. And I'll say this to you, man. I did start the show out and I said this to Tone before we even went on the air. Uh, you're right. 4 0 season is going. We should pack it in. Okay. Thanks, LJ. Appreciate it. Good night. Um, I said this, Philly. Appreciate you coming aboard. Let's bring our friend in. I came away with this, brother. So Tone goes like this to me, man, prior to uh, starting to show up. I went like this. I go, he goes, what was your takeaway from that? I go, my takeaway is what's Dallas crowing about when Seattle beat the doorknobs off them last night also? I mean, you know, I mean, if I look at Dallas now, Philly and I go like this. You know, they, they talked about killing the two New York teams, one without Aaron Rodgers and the other one. I just saw Seattle kick the shit out of, out of yeah. them like this. Dallas is a finesse team. Arizona ran their asses over, man. Right. Give us your thoughts so far on the 4-0 start. 4-0 is a, it's a great start. I, I, I don't think the Eagles have played their best football yet. Obviously, we've been a little sloppy. We, we, you know, we still have things coming together. But you're finding ways to win. You're pulling these games out at the end. And that's all you can ask for this early the season, I think, is you want to pile these wins up. You want to stack them up. Nobody has won a Super Bowl in September. Nobody has won a Super Bowl in October. You want to be playing your best football at the end of the year. We're, we're getting a chance to win these games, pull them out, win tight games. We're hopefully, you know, going to see where we need to go out, make a move before the trade deadline, have plenty of time to do that. Um, I, I think I think we're all right. I think we're in a good position, to be quite honest with you. I think about we're, we're actually in a really good position. How about this? If you're Sirianni, Sean Desai, and you're Howie Roseman, do you put N'Kobe Dean in the starting lineup versus the Rams, or do you go with the hot hand? No, I, I, I got to stick with Moro. Uh, I'm sticking with Moro. I mean, the guy, the guy has been really, really good. Uh, wh- why would I take him out? No, I, I, I can't. I listen. I'm not saying that Kobe Dean doesn't have a future. Uh, being a starter on the Eagles, I'm not saying that, but for this year, for right now, no, I, I'm sticking with Morrow. I, I got to. I would say got this to. to you about about Morrow, what he's done along with Zach Cunningham, and I agree with you. I think what they've done, they've kept their name relevant in the conversation. But I think this is a week to week thing. I think mm-hmm. if we find out that these guys continue, because. I mean, covering tight ends is still an issue for these guys, okay? They did a nice job last week. Now, to me, I think one of the reasons why Murrow had sacks is because they blitzed him because they knew he couldn't cover coming out of the backfield. These guys, so they put pressure. They, You know what they may have found? They may have found a job for him by being a blitzing middle linebacker. 
Yeah, well, you know, but you, you you know how it goes. If you if you just put them in, and that means you're blitzing, teams will eventually pick up on it. So you have to you have to mix mix it up. I also think Nakobe Dean uh, is a good blitzer. I I think really what I think still is I I think that the problems that we have seen on defense is not a talent problem. It's a person. It's it's a scheme problem. It's the way that they use these guys. I I, I look at Morrow and Cunningham, and I I think they're good downhill linebackers. I think I think these guys when they can be aggressive and they can attack, I think they're better than when they're reactionary. And I think what I would like to see is I would like to see a little bit of an adjustment on the scheme that they're running. I want to see the secondary help out the defensive line because. Um, when it's third and three and you have guys nine yards back, it's not hard for them to get a first down. And I really think that's the bigger issue. Uh, I think Morrow has been fantastic. I would say this. I would I, I would go here with you too. And here's a prime example of what you're saying, and I brought this up yesterday. You know, there was a part in the game late in that game. I think it was in the fourth quarter, and I brought this up yesterday with Gary Cobb. Um, so you're third and one. You take the penalty when they don't get the third and one, right? So what do they do? The Eagles, as a coaching staff, push them back the extra five yards, right? Right. Okay? So it's third and six. It's still a manageable third down completion for you to get the first mm. down. What do they do defensively? They walk the corners back, and they give right. a pitch and catch. I mean, it was right. you gave them basically a second opportunity. To me, yeah. Philly – when I look at the Eagles right now, their coaching staff, if I were to go like this, I think the Eagle defense at 16th right now, they're not that bad. I mean, it's kind of where we thought it was going to be. It's kind of how I thought it would play out. The Eagle, mm. hey, the Eagle offense is fifth. And like you said, the passing game has struggled. You're still fifth. Hey, right. you're going to take that. But last year right. you were second and third pretty much the entire year. You're not balanced right mm. now. To me, I think this has got a lot to do with the coaches. I think the I, I I agree. Are not doing I, I a very good job right now. I I agree. I I think that uh, on both offense and defense, I think there are things that they're doing scheme wise uh, and personnel wise that that don't help this team. Um, I I really think you've got to take the talent. I don't know. I mean, you can can you get any cornerback to play zone eight yards back? I mean, why do you need? Darius Slay and Bradbury. Why do you need to pay them all that money to do it? You know, there, there was a play where, um, you know, because they kept running a lot of slants, right? Because they're so far back. But there was one play where Slay actually played up and and knocked the ball down. They called a penalty on him, which I didn't think it was a penalty. It was a weak call. Horrible it was officiating like, in that game, like, too. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. But it was like, you should have been doing that uh, from the first quarter. I, I really think they're not playing to the corner strengths. I don't think uh, in turn, I don't think that's helping your defensive line. I mean, we don't have a ton of sacks, right? But we got a lot of pressures. I mean, uh, sweat's got a ton. We've seen with Jalen Carter. Imagine, you know, and, and actually it seems like when, when, when the quarterback has to hold the ball just a little longer, these guys get home, you know, we forced a fumble uh, versus Minnesota. You had a big sack last week. I, I just think, I just think that the coaching staff, and I'm I'm rambling about this because I I just totally agree with you. I I I think the coaching has been off so far. Will Dallas Goddard ever be part of 
this offense. And, and Philly, how about this? Do you know they've made more of a priority for Kenny Gainwell to be part oh. of the offensive game plan than Dallas Goddard? Who in their right mind game plans? Like, let me just go over here. For a guy I'm paying $16 million to who's considered a top 10, top five tight end, for a guy who's considered one of the top 25 running backs in the NFL and more towards yeah. the 25th, why would you, where, where do you, I mean, and he's not even the best back on your team. <laughs> well, no, I, I was losing my mind on, on Sunday or, or yeah, because I, I just, I don't understand the, the love affair with Gainwell. I, I, I just don't get it. Right. You have, a, um, you know, it's bad enough that, you know, you, you can't find ways to use Goddard, but like, when Swift is out there, and, and I, I really want to go back and I want to watch this game again because I haven't had a chance, but I really have a theory that when Swift is on the field, the offense as a whole is a lot better. But when Gainwell's out there, I don't even think the defense worries about him. I don't even think they care. But when Swift's out there, you have to know where he is. You have to it needs, at least be kept honest in it. I mean, they had a third and it was a third and 11 and they ran Gainwell. And he fumbles the ball. It's like, well, if you're going to run it, which I didn't like to call a run, but why Why would you not have Swift out there? The guy makes the guy is making plays, man. It's crazy to me. Crazy. Would you agree that this is who Jalen Hurts is? He's a 250 yards per game passer and a 75-yard rusher, which makes him undefensible when you get those kind of numbers together, because now you're talking about a 350 yards per game guy from scrimmage, mm -hmm. depending on how many touchdowns he has. Dude, 350 in dual threat, you're undefensible. Right. In my yeah. opinion, they've limited the bottom number. And if you turn mm -hmm. him into just a 316 and you limit that other threat, I thought mm -hmm. the biggest play in the game he made, Philly, was when – it was third and 11. They had him dead to rights. It was an eight-yard sack. He breaks out of it, away. picks up the first down. Mm -hmm. I mean, the touchdown pass that he threw to A.J. at the end of the ball game, that really it gave you the lead, but it didn't stop Washington. When you break no. another team's back is when you get third and 11. That's when you're right. starting to keep teams on their heels to me, don't you think they're limiting him a little bit more this year, especially in the run game? I I do, I do, and I don't necessarily disagree with it in in the aspect of I know you want to keep him healthy, but you know to to your point, and and if you watch that play, what I thought was interesting was that when he decided to go, he went and he looked very fast. There are times where he runs and he looks hesitant. And it almost makes him look like he's slow. Like a pre-slide. Yeah, like like almost like he's overthinking it. Um, so I don't mind cutting things back, but um, I, I just wish that – I don't want there to be hesitancy. You know what I mean? I don't want to be hesitant uh, with it. Like, like when you go, go. Because when he decided to run on that one scramble play, he looked every bit as fast as he did last year. But there are times where he looks like – He's overthinking it, and he's worrying about, okay, I got to get down. I got to slide here, uh, you know, um, and that that makes me worried. But, I mean, I, I understand. I mean, the guy's been hurt the last two years. You, you want to keep him fresh, you know. I, I, I You know, you want him to be healthy. I get it. 
I think there has to be some point where you do dial it back. But I think it's got to be done in a way where he's comfortable with it. So it looks like the right guard position, looks like Juergens may not be going this week against Aaron Donald. Yeah, and they run a 40 front. They don't run a nose. So right. Kelsey's at least over there. But, you know, there's been some issues in the O-line and pressure this year. Hertz has been hit way more than he has in the past. And you've got a guy who's playing really great football again, and Aaron Donald. And I just mentioned it, the Rams – are sitting at the ninth spot in defense, total defense, giving up less than 300 yards a game. I mean, when I look at that number, first month of the season, they've played pretty good defense. And, I, hey, you can say whatever you want about two and two. They got a better win on their record than the Eagles do. They beat Seattle in the opener. So, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see that matchup. And I would say this too. Sean McVay versus Sean Desai. Mm-hmm. I mean, really? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, McVay's what won a Super Bowl, been to another, so so I I get it. You know, um, my hope is that they they continue to adjust and 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 kind of figure this thing out. Um, I do think though, you know, Donald may be playing, but you can run the ball on him. Oh yeah, run on him. Oh so, yeah, you can run uh, the ball get, on the Rams. So get 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 Swift ready. Tell him to get a good night's sleep because. I, I'm playing a lot, running Swift a lot in that game. The Eagles have had good success in, out in L.A. playing the Rams. You know, it's almost like another home game. So I, I, I feel comfortable in, in that aspect, but I don't think it's going to be like a, you know, blowout, you know. How about this? So High Stadium is going to have so many Eagle fans in that place, man. You're, you're here, Here's a typical Rams fan, Philly, at So High. What's going on over there? <laughs> What's what, is that football? What, what right? Is, right? What is that? Is what is that football? Dude, I got my little blow that tofu place drink. Apart. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be sipping on their tofu fruity drink. <laughs> Whatever the hell they eat, I don't know what they do over there. Oh no, they I, eat tofu finger food too, and they got the they got the wieners with the little like toothpicks, right? I mean, you know, like, just like San Francisco too. When you have wine and cheese that you could be served at a ball game. That's the game I'm not going to because I'm not sure I'm in the right bar. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, 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 dude, if a guy comes over and he's got one of these, right? And he's got yeah. like finger food and cheese and wine, I'm not sure I'm in the right bar. <laughs> right. Right. I get it. <laughs> Is Christian McCaffrey the MVP? Oh, wow. He very well could be the way he's playing. I, I would probably say, I'd probably say, yeah, right, at this point. I mean, it's very hard this early on to, to say, but. First month I of mean, the season, though, he's, he's, he's been on, fantastic. I mean, hey, man, huge numbers. I think he's going to get 1,000 yards receiving and 1,000 yards rushing again. Yeah, he might. I mean, he, look, he looks really, really good, you know. I mean, 49ers look, look they look good so far this year. Um, and and I, as much as I hate them. I, I'm rooting for them this weekend. Be, do your job. Go out and, and oh, they're run for 200 yards. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, everybody's like, why are you rooting for Dallas? San Francisco's more of a threat. I'm like, look, you start off with your division. Knock yeah. everybody off of your division. Then you focus right. on your conference. So, you know, I think that's a tough game for Dallas. Uh, I, I think the Eagles I think the Eagles win this week. I think we get to 5-0. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think that they'll win. Um, 
you know, the one thing I, I, I can say about the Eagles is they're four. No, they, they haven't been, hasn't been all smooth, but they're winning t- tough games. They're finding ways to win. And I think that that builds something going forward. You know, we forget last year we were blowing teams out in the first half, but the second half we were almost blowing these leads every, every, every week. It was like, Oh my God, wait a second. Fourth quarter. You know what I mean? We're, we're, what the hell's going on here? We're, we're in a game all of a sudden. So, you know, it's never always going to be perfectly smooth is what I'm trying to say, but you, you can stack up those wins. I think that's what's most important. Brock Purdy is out playing Jalen so far. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I really, <laughs> thought, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not big on Purdy. I, you know, You're not I, buying I was, it. I'm not buying him yet. He's leading the NFL him. in completion percentage. He hasn't lost the regular season look, game since he started. They, 49ers look good so far, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, let's, it's only, what, week four? You know, I, I got to introduce How long are you guys going to keep hanging on that? It's a month into the year. I mean, it's well, the first well, quarter poll of well, the season. What do you want, eight games? Well, here's, what I, here's how I see it. If you got your first four games. Your next four games, you should be a little bit better, and then a little bit better. If if it's December, okay, but I'm not. Uh, it's it's it, it, we you know we played one game in October. I'm uh, what am I going to do? Give the guy a trophy? You know what I mean? The only the only team that wins the Super Bowl this early in the season is Dallas. September. They're the only team that I mean I've never seen a team they beat. This team literally thinks that. Hey, we beat the Patriots by this many points, and you beat them by less. So therefore, we're better than you. That's how they think. They're insane, okay? But they forget totally that the Arizona Cardinals ran for over two hundred yards on them, and uh, the Eagles are a much better running team. I cannot get that taste out of my mouth when I bring. Oh, I love that uh, taste. That up either, man, I eat that comes. up all day. I can hey. watch that game over and over and over and over again. It was a beautiful game. A month that was into game the year, year. We're 4-0. No, what's the issue? Thanks, LJ. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, I mean, we're 4-0. No, we're undefeated. There's only two undefeated teams right now, you know? So, I, I, you know, the Washington game does not surprise – it did not surprise me. Washington gives Great us coaches. problems. But they, it, it, they always seem – you know, there are just some teams that give you problems. For whatever reason, they always give us a tough game, especially at home. So that doesn't surprise me. I thought they played, you know, well against Tampa. I thought Jalen had his best game, um, you know, versus Washington. And I thought the referees stunk. I mean, they called the uh, they called the taunting where on AJ Brown. I thought was horrible. They called the um, it was like everything was on us. It was it was oh, horrible. The, 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 the horrible. tush push or the uh, brotherly shove thing where they called them for like offsides. Half the Washington D line oh, was offsides. They're over the. They're lined up over the ball. I, I mean, saw it's, that. It's crazy. So that's how so, you're going to legislate it. You're going to rig the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you watch that Jets, you see that Jets uh, game with Chiefs. You see the holding on that play. I don't know how that's anymore. Uh, it don't get any worse than that. Like, how do you miss that call? Really? Like, so who hey, knows? Uh, but, finally so, here. Dude, do we agree? Are we on the same page here that the New York Giants made a $160 million disastrous move? And if you're the Eagles, you're celebrating this because they're chained to that guy for the next two years at least. Yeah. I I think we can agree on that, and, and, and I love every second of it. Let me tell you, I was streaming that game last night, 
And I had uh, the giant fans tried to take it out on me because they were getting their asses handed to them. It was it was a wonderful classic thing. I mean, that team truly stinks. And they got Miami at Miami. They got Buffalo at Buffalo and Wash. That's their next three games. They're done. They're done. Put a fork in them. I love it. I hate the Giants. I hate the Giants. Give me a quick score here before we uh, let you go here for Rams and Eagles. Rams, Eagles. I think the Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to have. I think they're going to have their best offensive performance. I, I think they're going to win 34-27. Ooh, good game. Close yeah, one. High scoring, scoring game. too. I because the Rams so. are going to put points on the board. Yeah, I, I, I expect them to. Um, I, I think this is another DeAndre, if, if the Eagles choose to use them. You know, here's the thing. I, I just, this is my biggest thing. I don't understand why they use Swift the way they do. Like, okay, you don't want to give him too many carries. You want to keep him healthy. I get it. But why do you have, why are you going three, four series where he's not in the game. Like, I understand you you take him in, take him out, but, like, you know, it's a third and a one. Put him in the game. Then you could take him back out. But, like, the way that they use him where it's like he's gone for a whole series of the games. And it's like, I don't get it. Two, minute, two minutes left, he's out of the game, and Gainwell's in there. And I'm going, nobody's scared of Gainwell. This is your threat. I think once they acknowledge that, that Swift is a game changer on their offense, I think everything is will there McCaffrey. I think so. And I know that they're worried about injuries, but, but why do you go so like so long between snaps? Like, you know, give Gainwell some snaps, but on certain plays put Swift in just to keep a threat out there for the defense. Cause I really think that when Gainwell's in the game, I think Washington's saying, we don't have to worry about the play action. We don't have to worry about anything. It's Gainwell. But when Swift's out there, you got to worry about him. They missed him on that route. He was wide open. He got held, and they called home. But, I mean, if, if that's a better pass, it's a touchdown. Uh, this guy's all over the field. I think Swift on offense is their MVP right now. I, I do. He, he is. He, 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 he's definitely. Hey, by the way, real quick on the draft, um, I know that you were a fan of uh, Devin Witherspoon. That kid, yeah. dude. He's a ball yeah. player, man. Yeah. I mean, the, the oh, two man. best players out of that draft so far, yeah. three maybe, CJ Stroud. Looks like he's like a, a, a real yeah, good-looking ball along, player yeah. too. Jalen Carter. And, man, this kid, this Witherspoon, kid Witherspoon yeah. last night, he looked like Cam Chancellor running around. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a corner. You know, he had, what, two sacks, then a pick six. I knew that pick six was coming because Giants run the same route. They like three routes that they run. I said, somebody's going to jump, and he did. That kid's good. I, I like three him better routes. than Christian Gonzalez. <laughs> huh? Three What's routes. They, three routes disguised with 20 different formations. It, it's the same You're thing. You're right. And I was, like, saying somebody should – I literally – I was like, somebody should jump that route. Somebody should get because because it's the same and he in the very next play they jumped it and I was like it, you you Belichick of course was going to pick up on it but that kid is good I like him better than Christian Gonzalez to be honest with you I think he's more physical like all around corner you know he's a hell of a player he's another guy that's been playing really great how about Gino I mean yeah. you know what you got to admit it here's a guy that was dead in the water he kind of was hanging around on the last respirator. You know, yeah. of his career, nobody thought anything. And then Pete Carroll grabs him, and now he's turned him into a thirty-some odd million dollar guy 
He's winning a yeah. ton of ball games. Seattle yeah. looks like, you know, it looks like they're a good looking football team. They've done some yeah. great things on defense. They get after the they get after the ball. Yeah. I mean, I gotta tell you, man, there's a great coaching, there's a great coaching clinic by who would have thought that Seattle be in a better place than Denver? <laughs> I know, right? You know, it's you know what I liked about Geno Smith yesterday was uh he came back in the game. Like, you know, there there's talk in the past about him being a baby yes. Twitter. And he came back in, and he was fired up, and he went at the Giants. He got a taunting call because they actually missed a late hit. That was a late hit out of bounds. They didn't call that he got hurt. But but that I really gained some respect for him because he came back in. Um, because, you know, we've heard about him before, about, you know, maybe quitting, being a baby, that kind of stuff. So I, I, I liked that, what I saw in him. Jesus, guys, guy, Pete Carroll, 72 years old, man. Guy's running around like he's 22 years old. Like he's chasing skirts. I'm like this guy, <laughs> right? And I'm like, what the hell, man? He looks like he's 52. He's running around like he's 22. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting ball game. Hey, Philly. So, what? Real quick, what kind of shit were you giving Giant fans? Oh, I, I, I was just enjoying the, the game. I was saying that they stink. I was saying Daniel Jones, you know, he ain't worth it. I, I said the coach is exposed. Um, now I was playing some old clips of other Giant content creators saying stuff like, you know. Daniel Jones is going to be better than Dak Prescott, you know, things like that. So I, I got under their skin uh, and, and they just, they, they had enough. So it, it was great. It, it's great. <laughs> if you put, if you put Daniel Jones in the open market last year, when they gave him that one sixty, are the giants, the only team to give him the one sixty? Probably, probably somebody probably would have done it. Right. Somebody would have probably done it. But I, I really think the, the big mistake, too, with them is they paid the money, they got Waller, but they literally got no help on the outside. Like, like Waller, to me, is a great complimentary piece. If you have, like, a DeAndre, like, why didn't they go out and get DeAndre Hopkins or somebody like that for Daniel Jones? Not that Daniel Jones is that great, but, I mean, he doesn't have any anybody to throw to. He's got no offensive line. Uh, I, I think the Giants are done, <laughs> and I love it. I, I love it. I love when the Giants stink. It's it's a great thing. Do you think Barkley sandbagging? No, I, I don't think I don't. Why think would you go back into a huddle where they don't want you? They don't want to pay you. They tried trading you, and they bullshitted you. Yeah, you're, well. you're you're telling me that you would go back into work with all those intangibles when you didn't have to, and you would give a hundred percent. If you knew that as soon as they gave him that that mini little extension, they tried dealing him to Miami. And so when he found that out, they're like, holy Christ. They they were gonna <laughs> deal me anyway. They giants well, didn't like what the package was. Yeah. And so now if you're on the sidelines, aren't you doing this? Yeah, you know, I'm only 99.9%. I'm not ready right. to go back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I guess I guess I I I don't know. Barkley always comes off like the, the, the ultra competitive guy that wants to be out there, you know, and, and really, you know, why you treat your, he, I mean, literally they're, they're nothing without Barkley. They, they've got nothing without him. So, so they paid why the wrong guy. To... They took, they, yeah, they got they two guys they paid wrong. The tight huh? end. Yeah. The tight end and a quarterback, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, to me, I thought when DeAndre Hopkins was available, I really thought the giants were going to make an effort. 
Because to me, if, if, if you had a DeAndre Hopkins, I think that helps you with Waller. But when Waller's your main guy, it, you're not going to – I mean, he's got nobody. He, he can't, There's nobody open. They, they stink. They just stink. Uh, I, I think it's going to be – I think that Barkley, if he's not thinking that way, he's probably thinking about it now. I think that team quits another another couple losses. Uh, it's going to get ugly in New York. It's going to get ugly there. I just don't want them to get the number one pick overall. That's what we don't want. No, don't worry. That'll be at the hands of the Bears. <laughs> yeah. Talk, uh, yeah. Talk about another Do you think team. they may – last one, I promise. I love talking sports with you. No, Tom. you could – I'm fine. Hey, man, do you think they move off of um, the quarterback in Chicago? I, th- I think they might, yeah. Especially if they get the first round, first pick overall. I, I you do. You think Kyler Murray and Justin Fields could be moved in the offseason? Yeah, I, I think I think so. I think I think with Gannon, anything's possible. Um, and with Fields, I mean, in Chicago's mind and in their front office mind, they believe that they went out there and put talent around him. Like, they believe that they went out and they got him his pieces. I mean, that's all we heard about this offseason was they made all these moves that he's got weapons like Jalen Hurts now. So if they really believe that and they get the first-round pick, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna move off him, absolutely. I think so. Breaking news. Eagles signed cornerback Bradley Roby after a workout. Oh, yeah. I think he's 48 or 49. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, man! Well, I, I mean, AARP, I, isn't he? Yeah, he's older, but I mean, I I don't mind it. You you need you need the help. There's, you need no some experience back there. Yeah, you need it. I still think the I still think the play is first. I th- I think they're going to trade for safety. I I would be really shocked if they don't make a move for safety. So this guy's forty one years old with eleven ints and three TDs. He's, he's actually thirty one. Oh, okay. No, he's <laughs> he's 30 <laughs> he's 31 years old man uh, and well he might have a year or two left i mean he can play he can play in the slot so i i think that's going to help him um i i think they had to do something um i i don't think it's a bad move i don't you know I, it's not like i'm super excited about it but it's like all right well yeah you had to do something i guess so man Beside a guy on AARP, man. Holy shit. This guy, he's he'll be teething in another year. <laughs> I, I thought you, you had me. I thought he was really 41 for a second. <laughs> the guy's got 11 picks and 40 years of football. Okay. I'm, I'm I, you know, a little depth there. We're all good. Philly, right. thank you, brother. I thank appreciate you, it, man. man. Thank you. Have a good one. You got it. Our good friend, Philly 500. Final hour of the program. Hit the like button. We'll all reset here. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
if you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Final hour of the program and a little bit here on Bradley Roby. Um, 126 games played, 60 starts. Okay, it's reported that he had multiple offers from teams but chose to play in Philadelphia. Why would he choose to play in Philly, you think? Oh, by the way, MVP odds in my... Of course, much-awaited top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Why Why would you think that this kid, Bradley Roby, would want to play in Philly? Playing time? Maybe. Maybe. Contender? Good one. Sure. Win a Super Bowl? These are all good ones. Playing time? How about this? <clears throat> Would you agree on this one? Um, free agents improve their value when they play in Philly. You're either going to get paid by the Eagles. Like, let's just use this as an example here. Spend last season in New Orleans, Dennis Allen, okay? Is this fair to say? Has Nicholas Morrow improved and increased his value as a linebacker in the NFL by how he's played the last few weeks? 
compared to how the Eagles saw him at the beginning of the year when they cut him and they didn't give him any signing bonus money. You think the next time he goes on the open market and he continues to improve as a player, you think somebody will give him a signing bonus? I would. If he continues his improvement. Every single play. Look, look. Can I tell you who, who's the poster child for Philadelphia free agents that have come here and left? Who's the poster child? Who's the poster child? Gardner Johnson, 836. Now he's making 7 million. Can I tell you who I thought? Kaiser White. 7 million. He's a force on the Cardinal team. I think he's seventh in tackles in the NFL. Compared to where he was when he got let go by the Chargers to what he did after Philly to where he is now, that guy has increased his market value. He he he's somebody you'd want on your ball team. You don't have to be a superstar to increase your value and make you relevant to stay on the team. Not everybody's the one percenters. I look at guys like Kaiser White, and you go like this. He went, he goes to Philly. The Chargers gave up on him. You think a team that struggles against the run like Los Angeles does? Do you think that team would like to have that guy back? Boy, I think so. But get this, you couldn't pay him what you were paying him, the $1.3 million. This guy's a $7 million guy. Inside of 18 months, Kaiser White has gone from a $1.3 million player to a $7.5 million a year guy. That is increasing your value. And as a player, that's how you stay in the league. That's how you stay in the league. You stay in the league because there's value to you. And so if you're Nicholas Morrow now, you think, hey, if you put Nicholas Morrow on the practice squad, do you think someone would grab him up? Especially for the shit money he's making. You think someone would pick him up? Even if you had a good, you think San Francisco wouldn't pick that guy up for depth and on the special teams? I would totally pick him up for that. Have him back up Fred Warner? Yeah, I'm good with that. <laughs> okay? That's how you improve your value. Shit, who's the kid that went to... Um, who's the kid that went to the um, the Raiders? Look at Epps. Epps played in Philly. Outstanding. That was a draft choice, but I'm talking more free agents. Look at Brad. Hey, if Bradbury was on the open market, you think he's an $18 million corner? $16, $17 million corner? You know what he was in New York? Fired because they didn't want to give him more than eight. That's how you look at. How about this? You think DeAndre Swiss values increased? You think, you think Swiss values increased? 
They got him for a fourth rounder and not making a lot of money. And he's in his last year. I can't wait to see what that guy makes in the open market next year and what the offers are going to be. Nothing Philly will pay, but I can't wait to see what that guy makes in the open market. He, he, he's not going to get McCaffrey $16 million, but he's going to get a $10 million offer per year. If that guy ends up the season with 900, 900 yards, 300 yards receiving, and 10 touchdowns, he'll get a $9 million offer somewhere, especially from a pass-happy team. Like Austin Eckler could move on from the Chargers. He'd be a great fit out there with Justin Herbert. He'd be a super fit out there. The um, Eagles will never pay 9-10 for that, but they'll look for another guy like that. They'll look for another dude. Third, you can always count on this with Philly now. They're going to go shopping for running backs. By the way, there's no question, Rashad Penny has been a – he hasn't been a bust. He's just been nothing. You know why? He can't pass block and he can't stay healthy. That's why he's not playing. When you got a guy on your football team that's a healthy scratch and he's a six yards per carry guy, why isn't he playing? Because they don't trust him. He's not a good pass protector. I mean, you got to pass protect. If you want to be a running back and you want to start, Chris Carson, that's why he started in Seattle, because he could pass protect. Okay? He's a healthy he's a healthy scratch. Quan goes, it's a long season. So you're saying they're making coaching decisions that are bad here with him? Why not? They did with Swift in the opener. They could be here too. I don't trust that coaching staff. They're not very smart. Why would you why would you not have Swift involved in your game plan. Not only did you have Swift involved in your game plan, you did it at the expense of another. You basically killed two stones. You killed two birds with one stone here. You 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 highlighted Kenny Gainwell. You took an emphasis away from Goddard, and you didn't use Swift. Yeah, that's brilliant. Who came up with that mentality? (laughs) Holy cow, man. Like when you were sitting around drinking, putting your game plan together, and seriously, and you were like playing a game of horse or something, did that just come up like when you guys were like shooting the shit? Hey, why don't we put Gainwell in? Eh, you know, what about Swift? Eh, you know what? It's all good. As Quan would say, it's a long season. But hey, the first four games don't matter, like you guys say. It's all good. I get confused sometimes in here. But hey, it's Philly. Why not? <laughs> hey, all right. The much anticipated time. Would it help Jalen if they had 
a two-back set? Good question. How about this? It would make him less predictable. It would, it would, it would make it less predictable. They're becoming predictable, like I told Tone in the last hour. You're predictable because you run the same shit every year. Why do you think they caught up to Hertz in four games? Because you're doing the same shit. Nothing he's evolved. Why isn't Jalen passing better? Because you're doing the same shit. It happens to a lot of quarterbacks and offenses, especially when you change coordinators out. You see, the key we're here with this was you change coordinators out, and when you change coordinators out, what did you do? You kept the same guy in the building. He wasn't going to change. So it made it predictable. Why wouldn't it be predictable? They're not going to change. And on defense, what is crazy is that Sean Desai was given the same formula and he had to cook the meal with the same with the same type of ingredients, but not having all the ingredients to make the stew. And that's where you are here. Please explain how the coaches we beat out coached us. I thought the liter- literally primary objective of a coach is to win. Did those coaches beat themselves? Um, I'm not telling you. I've already told you. I've told you once already. Not re-explaining myself. Um, that I will not do. If you think that you being in a situation, okay, if you being in a situation where you've played three of the four games where the, le- where the team had the ball in their hands to beat you, it's not being outcoached, I'm not going to explain it to you again because it's, it's irrelevant. Just not. I'm not doing that. You get this. Think about Washington. Washington was a decision away on whether or not you were going to lose, not a play away. It was a decision away. And Washington went with the conservative one, like Tone said. He went with the job saving decision, the safe decision. Even if he loses the game, you're not going to really do anything because why? Well, you know, they tried to win it in overtime. It's an easier sell to your owner. Eagle signed Bradley Roby, cornerback Saints. He's solid. I guess so. Okay. Okay. I just, you're not going to explain, I'm not going to explain that. And and by the way, so a guy like LJ thinks he goes into this football game thinking that he's got the better coaching staff than Raheem Morris and Matthew Stafford. How in the world would you think that with the sword swallower and the two coordinators that have fumbled the ball the entire time in the first four games and kept every game close? You got a sword swallower. And you have two D coordinators or a D coordinator and an offensive coordinator that have stumbled. Shit defense. Rams are 
I think the Rams are ninth in defense. Yeah, I think the Rams are ninth in defense. Shit defense. So we give props to the other team. I'm a... Um... Rams nine. No, no. The only reason I read his pathetic uh, takes is because he pays for him, or I wouldn't. See, <laughs> you got the wrong guy. <laughs> okay, remember something, LJ. The only reason I say anything to you because you pay for my attention. Just remember that, kid. <laughs> Just remember that. That's really not true because I do I do bring his stuff up. Yeah, okay, so wait a minute. He goes like this. All these teams almost beat a silver medal's glory. That's your 21 and 1, silver medal glory. So wait a minute, LJ. Is 21 and 1 silver medal glory? Yes or no? Is 21 in one, is that silver medal glory? Is that silver medal glory? LJ, is 21 in one silver medal glory? Hey, I wait a minute. Tone, is 21 in one silver medal glory? Yes or no? Absolutely not. But those teams like the Rams who have a better win on their schedule than you, that silver medal glory. <laughs> Is 21 in one silver medal glory? Yes or no? One guy says no. Here, look at this. I got to put this down here. Come on, Tone. Let me, I got to go with it. If there is a Super Bowl attached to it, I'll leave that stat for e <laughs> Oh, my God. Holy cow, we have a new mayor. We have a new mayor of Philadelphia. His name is Tone Shields. Tone is the new mayor of Philly. He knows how to answer a question politically. Congratulations, Tone. Congratulations, brother. You are now the new proud, proud uh, mayor of Philadelphia, my friend. Tone to Shields. Is now the new proud mayor of Philadelphia, man. He will leave that to another day and another debate. This guy's debating like Trump. <laughs> yeah. Holy cow, man. LJ comes up with silver medal glory for these teams playing great against the Eagles, but his own 21 and one, he looks at it as a great victory. Spoken like a true Philadelphian. 21 and one is beast mode. <laughs> yeah. And you know what you've won? You won a front seat right there at, at the next circus. <laughs> you bet I'm confused talking to you, Scott is a total contradiction in life. 
Absolutely. You kidding me? Holy cows. Talking to some of you guys. <laughs> it's like talking to my cat and dogs and my hummingbirds. I got hummingbird feeders, believe it or not. You know why I got hummingbird feeders? So after I have a full four hours of you guys, I need something to calm my nerves. <laughs> nah. 21 and one is fun to discuss, but it does not come with a Super Bowl. How valuable is it? Ooh. Damn, Tone. Tone, I'm going to give you a little hint. Okay. If you go down this road, you can't go back. <laughs> hey, Tone. You want you 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 might not want to go down this big sales road. It's a lonely road, dude. Ask my aunt. She cries every night. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Tone, it's a lonely road. <laughs> All right here, man. Here it is. The top 10 quarterbacks after the first month of the season. Yes, sir. Hey, I got to ask you guys a question. Can I ask you a personal question? So when Josh Innes was in Philly, did you guys run him out? Because you got under his skin. Did you guys rush run? Did you rush him out of out of office? LJ, I love you too. Don't think I don't. Did you did you guys get under his skin? And run him out of Philly. He couldn't take it, could he? I think he's from Houston. He's not really part from the Northeast, right? Someone told me something, a, a story last night. I'm not going to say who. But somebody told me that um, his show was killing it. And all of a sudden, you guys made him so big. Then he started shitting on everybody. And you guys started getting under his skin because he started getting too big for his britches and you guys ran him out of town. Is that facts? Because someone said that to me. Just, uh, just, it's uh, just a question. It's kind of like, you know, he couldn't take the heat, so he beat feet. Interesting wheels. Because he did a racist bit that wasn't popular with management. I thought, I, th I thought you guys kind of ran him out, though. I said before, you're a hater, but you're our hater. <laughs> Oh, man. You know why this guy's good right here, this guy, LJ? You know why he's good? Because see what he's did right here? I talked some really mean shit to him. If I was talking in another market like that, holy cow, that guy would be crying to my bosses every single day.
But instead, he knew to stick with it. He knew we'd stick with it. And we'd go back on the same page and we'd get back on the rails. That's sports talk. That's sports talk. That's legitimate sports talk. Get your panties in a bind, Sills. Hey, LJ, relax. You pay for my attention. It's called shit talking. Hello? You too, East Candon. I have never talked sports with people who talk just as much shit as me. Philly is the land of shit talk. We own our shit. Hey, no, you guys are the godfather of shit talking radio. <laughs> I've never met my match, man. I got to be on my P's and Q's every single freaking day. LJ is cool. Big seals, you animal. Hey, maniac. Honestly, dude, you got to be on your P's and Q's every day around here. You get your feelings hurt, dog. <laughs> hey, so, hey, but I, I do have a beef with Quan. Quan, where are you? Before I get to all oh, my my two favorite list, Big Sills, I hated this show at first. Now I can't go a day without it, Joseph. Quan, where are you? Okay, Quan. I have a beef with Quan, and I think we're going to have to all call Quan out here on the carpet. I saw an earlier comment that he made that he never has seen me below the waist and that he wanted to see me below the waist. And I was a little bit shocked by that, Quan. My nickname in college was Tripod, and I, I, I don't want you to have water and tears in your eyes so this is why I stand for four hours. My nickname in college was Big Sills Tripod Cilio. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 you know, I, I have to, I, hey, <laughs> you said it, man. You said, how come I never see Sills uh, below the waist? I mean, dude, you really want to see me below the waist? That you're going to have to pay for. Okay. Seriously, bro, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to charge you big money for that. <laughs> they don't call me Big Sills just for my waistline, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah. uh, hey, you know how come we never see Sills below the waist, bro? Really? I mean, tripod Cilio, you know, I'm, you know, I'm Italian. You know, me and Tone are almost related. You know, we got you know, you gotta go down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i applaud the next topic quickly thank you prince you're dead on you are correct let's slide let's slide off the tripod and move over to the topics <laughs> hey i didn't bring that topic up Quan did you wanted to see me below the waist. That was the first time that's ever been asked. Well, by another dude. <laughs> Damn, Quan. Sure you're not a Niner fan? <laughs> All right, here we go. Moving on. <laughs> uh, another visual I didn't need. <laughs> I, I can just see the real real. He's eating his uh, 
his Rob Cheerios and he just threw them all over his table. Yeah, I got you, man. All right. I blame Twitter. <laughs> uh, all right. Here it is. The much anticipated top 10 quarterbacks for the week as we head into week five. At number 10, this man will go to the Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, it will be the Hall of Fame of fantasy football. Kirk Cousins, having another spectacular year, 11 touchdowns, four picks, 12-14 in passing yards. This guy's putting up big numbers, man. He's keeping the Vikings afloat in the NFC North. If it wasn't for him, they, I mean, he had a, he had a pretty good game against the Eagles. Turnovers killed that thing. He had 11 touchdown passes already in four weeks of football. 11 touchdown passes. So you're telling me by the time they get to week 10, this guy may have 22 touchdowns? Hoss, you're going places with that. This guy may have 40 touchdown passes this year. He keeps his trend up. He's got have 40 touchdown passes. Number nine. I never thought in a billion years. I never thought in a billion years I would ever put Jared Goff consistently in my top 10 quarterback list. But here he is, man. I've got Jared Goff ninth. Lions. You know who else is having a spectacular season? At number eight, Matthew Stafford is having another great year. Look at his numbers. Hey, Tone, am I right when I say this? Like, he's like second in passing yards to Tucker Viola this year. I mean, he's, I think Matthew Stafford, without Cooper Cup, I think he's second. Okay. I, I do. I I think he's I think he's second if I'm not mistaken. Now we know why Big Tripod Sills was banned from the Blue Oyster. Hey hey, who knows the Blue Oyster? Look out! It's an Orlando guy. Yes, he is. Also, Stroud is fourth. Is crazy. Speaking of that, at number seven. I have C.J. Stroud. You have to admit it. Would would this be fair? Okay, would this be fair? That C.J. Stroud, the first four weeks of the season, has played as good as any quarterback in the NFL. And because he's a rookie, we put that distinction and tag on him, and you're going like this. Look, well, he's a rookie. He'll, he'll come. Well, right now, he's playing the best ball of, like, a lot of these guys. Boyce is also in the uh, in Jersey. Okay, yeah, there's one in Orlando too. Matthew Stafford, C.J. Stroud, at six, the man 
from the city of brotherly love. I've got Jalen Hurts here at number six. I don't really think he's played great. I think he's had a good half. You couldn't tell me a game he played great in outside of the commander game for four quarters that he played great in. I wouldn't really look at any of those other games and go, he played great. The star, the MVP of your offense in the first four has been swift. Could it be play calling green? Yeah. But can I tell you why I really think his numbers are down? Is because of Goddard. The lack of Goddard being involved in the game plan has limited the passing attack. Hey, Tone, was he got 13 catches? But the point is, he's got 13 catches. He has less than 90 yards in four games. I mean, hell, I can add that up. I mean, right? So he's got like 13 or could have like 14 or 15 catches or some shit like that. But he's got nine, he's got like 88 yards. I mean, he's a non-factor. Goddard's lack of involvement pisses me the F off. Excuse my French. Absolutely. It, it, it's hurting Hurts. It's absolutely hurting Jalen. Number five. I got Justin Herbert here putting up historic numbers again. He's keep. Hey, it ain't him. It's that shitty defense of theirs. Dude, their defense is just not very good. They had, they can't stop the run. And they, their, their secondary is in shatters, man. And if it wasn't for Khalil Mack getting all them sacks last week, that's a very, hey, dude, that guy they got from New England has been a total disaster. Hey, am I right when I say this? Who's that kid they got from New England? Um, do you know he was a healthy scratch last week? And they gave that guy a boatload of money. Who was that dude they gave that money to? J.C. Jackson. Tone thinks that Staley gets fired by the end of the season. You have, hey, the only reason he didn't get fired is because of that debacle by Cousins at the end of that game not being able to hear. But, man, that was a coaching blunder, too. You should know what – are you mean to tell me when you know you're in a two-minute drive with no timeouts and you're coming down the pike with seconds left in the game that you don't know what to do, but then you're not prepared to win a ball game? That's a coaching thing, too, in Minnesota. You can't hear? That's not an excuse. When Cousins goes like this, I didn't know what play to call – because I couldn't hear because of the crowd noise. I don't need a play. I should know what to do. They're right there lies the difference between winning and losing with Cousins. You didn't know what to do with the last play of the game? I, I look at how many people fold their tent with seconds left in the game. The coach up in Minnesota and Cousins and Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron got off the boat. Can you imagine that? Riverboat Ron got off the boat. I would have fired Brandon Staley. He goes for it on fourth down or whatever it was on the 24. And you're like this. 
what are you doing? You need to win a game, man. Too much talent on offense not to win. I would have fired him anyway. He would have came back to, like, the offices. I would have said, you cleaned your shit out, man. Anybody who makes a decision like that, you'll do it again. And it'll cost us in a bigger moment. I'm not going to, hey, you know the Titanic's going down. And because you think you filled one hole, you fixed the ship. That ain't working, dude. Dude, that is not happening. If you'll make a decision like that, if you're going to go for it on your own 24 with the lead, with the lead on your own 24 on the road, dude, compared to the Eagle coaches, that guy's an imbecile. He's an imbecile. I would have, I, I, even if I won that game, I'd have got on the bus, team bus, and I would have went, what were we thinking, man? What was this guy thinking? You're on the road. These games are tough enough to win. You have the lead, and you give the ball back to him on the plus 24. It's it just it, it crazy stupid. I mean, insane. I got Mahomes fourth. I don't particularly think Patrick Mahomes played great ball this year. I think he's played decent ball. Especially the first month of the season. This is a month accumulation here, too. I got two a third. I think Tug of Viola has. Hey, what would you pay Tua? In the off, this coming offseason, what would you pay him annually? If he makes it. If he makes it. What would you pay him? You don't you'd give him Daniel Jones money? I've seen enough of Tua to know he's good. Daniel Jones is not good. There's no way you could you could tell me that when you look at Tug of Viola, you think he's in Daniel Jones's league. Absolutely no way. $49 million? I'm not I'm not paying him more than Burrow, though. Tua definitely gets paid market value, but guess what? The contract is laced with injury clauses. So if your brain turns into a bag of Skittles, you get nothing? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be worded that way, but... Think he gets 50? You think he gets a contract like uh, Hertz? 50 million, somewhere in there between... Lamar and him hurts. Would you have a here, here tone? I would say this to you. I'm probably going to give two up. I'm not going to give him a five-year contract, four-year contract. I'll give him a three-year contract and I'll give him 50 and three years, 150. And I'll guarantee a hundred million of it. Sound right? Jones got 40 and 90 guaranteed on 160. Okay? So you go three years, 150, and you guarantee 100 of the contract, 
I don't know. Sounds, I think that sounds fair because get this too. If I were the, if I were the Dolphins, I'd give him the majority of that money up front in case he gets banged up where that cap, I heard Tone talking about the cap hits that Daniel Jones has for the Giants and how they're, they're chain linked to that guy. They can't get out from that guy for two years, man, without it really hurting. Third year would even be a hurt. You can't get out of that money, man, because it's a cap destruction. I mean, they're tied to that guy. If you, The more money you pay the player, the less you're chained to that player in case something goes, he doesn't play well, he's not good, okay? So I give him 150 over three, 100 guaranteed, and I do put some health provisions in there. I get a massive insurance policy with Lloyds of London to insure pretty much all of it. And it, it insures the team and it insures the player. I think there should be an insurance policy. How could you? I don't know, quite frankly, how you could sign a contract like that without having an insurance policy. With anybody in their normal rhyme or reason, with a guy who has been injured as much as he has, how you wouldn't put that as a per diem in there. It protects, it actually protects the player to get his money. So to me, even if you have to take some of the signing bonus money and you both offset it and you both split it, you're protecting the team and the player. I, I think you should have an agreement on that. I mean, if Tuka Viola goes, I retire, he gets $150 million in a contract. Okay. At least he's not walking out the door. You know, not a, a generally a generation wealth guy, right? I think you should offset that. I got Purdy too. I got Josh Allen number one. So here's your top ten quarterbacks on the big sales list here. Cousins ten, golf nine, Matthew Stafford, eight. C.J. Stroud, seven. Hurts, six. Herbert, five. Mahomes, four. Two of three. Purdy, two. Allen, one. Now, let's line this up with what Vegas thinks, who's in line for the MVP award. At number 10, Vegas has the top dude, potentially as a MVP this year, as Micah Parsons. Hey, I'm going to say this about Micah Parsons. I don't think Micah Parsons is overrated. He's just so overhyped. I've never seen a player so overhyped because him being a cowboy. I always thought that Derek Jeter was overhyped. Let me ask you this. You think Derek Jeter would be just as big a star if he did all the things he did in Kansas City? Can you imagine if Tony Gwynn played New York? Say he played with the Mets and won nine batting titles. You'd be calling him Ty Cobb. You know, you know that Gwynn has as many batting titles as Ty Cobb. Did you know that? But he played in San Diego. But, and because he played in San Diego, 
he's not revered in that light. I think he has a 351, 354, 40, maybe 340 something career batting average. I mean, if 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 he if Derek Jeter, who never won an MVP award, was playing in Kansas City or Minneapolis, you never look at him in the way you look at him because he's a Yankee. Jones not good. O team was drafted more offensive linemen five, and all have sucked. Not all his fault. Agreed, Bear. Agreed. The organization has been a complete disaster. He died young too. I was I was on the air when he passed away. I'm great friends with his wife. I got a wonderful picture of her and I at a benefit. And my wife and I went. She loves Danielle too. Alicia. Tremendous. His son is great. All of his kids are super. Just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. Tony Gwynn was. We were on the air. And this kid called in. He must have been, I don't know, 11 years old. And for the first time on the air, man, I almost lost it. I just, this kid's little voice comes on. He goes, hi, this is um, this is Charlie. And I go, hi, Charlie, what's up? And he goes, I'd like to say something about Tony Gwen. And, he's, and he starts going, he goes, yeah, I met him at a gas station. He so, sat and talked to me and my dad. And I we're 19 all the time. And I really love him. And I'm going to miss him. He's my hero. And I was like, wow. It was really, you had to hear that. They passed away was a hard, it was crazy bad. It was really one of the nicest people I've ever met. He, he, he is a, the world is not a better place without Tony Gwynn in it. Just a really, <laughs> dude, over the, Gwynn would stop at, do, do you know who the all-time steals leader is in basketball at San Diego State? It's Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn is still to this day, and Kawhi Leonard played there. He's still to this day the all-time steals leader in San Diego State basketball history. And, man, he would sit and talk basketball. He would talk. He would stop at gas stations. He, he Anybody who wanted to talk to him, he was so accessible. One of the biggest superstars I've ever seen. One of the most accessible superstars I've ever seen. Tony Gwynn. Amazing man. Proud to have known him. Vegas and Atlantic City have Jared Golf number nine. Vegas and Atlantic City have Justin Herbert at eight. Are you a um, real? Did you hear that on the air? When I did that with that kid, it was a special. I did a special show right after my four hour show and we went another four hours and I really didn't have to say anything. People just were calling in mayor, senators, congressmen. That was one of the most emotional days I've ever done radio. I've never done anything like it. And it was like when this guy died on the air, when Leroy died. I've never in a million years ever been involved in anything like that, when people are just calling and crying, crying, bawling. And you're just like, yeah. 
It was crazy. It, you you could have did f- five days of that. Just man, it, it, that was really probably one of my greatest moments in broadcasting because I didn't know what to do. I'm not from San Diego, but they knew I knew them. And I never tried to tie myself into anything like that because, you know, I, I'm just not. But that tied me into that city that day because I said, hey, why don't you tell me what your feelings are about them? And that's how I did it. And they called in and it was, it's kind of like they brought me in. Sales, you had to, and I was like, no, I know. And they go, no, we know you know them. And I was like, yeah, no, I... But I didn't know him like that. Yeah, man, I was at a taco stand. He came up, bought my family tacos. We talked about Aztec basketball. He was so great. We never talked about it. And I realized I was talking to Tony Gwynn. And I'm like, (laughs) certain dudes, man, that you have a chance in your life to meet like that. And they're just goats. So 10 Parsons, this is according to Vegas for the MVP. Nine is golf. Eight is Justin Herbert, Atlantic City, and Las Vegas. Christian McCaffrey at seven. Brock Purdy at six. Lamar Jackson at five. Jalen Hurts at four. Vegas and Atlantic City still has him in the top five. That's good. Mahomes three, two a two with Josh Allen number one. It's not this. These are not my odds for the MVP. These are the sports book betters on who they think right now. All right. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Wild, wild, wild. 
Corin Save in Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. man i'm gonna go back to the opening of the program i came away with that seattle ass beating that they put on the giants and went like this that giants team's a one-year wonder do i think jalen hurts is a one-year wonder i do not did i maybe think it could happen now i'll say this to you Didn't Josh Allen have a kind of his second starting season? Didn't it walk back a bit for him? Because teams kind of got the kind of the book on him a little bit. Then the second year, he kind of walked back. I, I thought either the second year or the third year. He he kind of like, you know, came back a little bit to the pack. They wanted to blame a coordinator. Could be. Could it be that Ken Dorsey now is getting more comfortable? Hey, I think there could be something to be said about this. Is it fair now that Ken Dorsey has a year under his belt with Allen? They still went 13-3 and a year ago. And now they had that bumpy first game. Now, all of a sudden, Dorsey's had to coach more. And if you think about it, here, let's do this. 13 and three. So Allen is one 16 of 20 games. That sucks. You think that sucks? He's won 16 of 20 games in the AFC. I don't know. See, Mahomes. So Mahomes is 17 and obviously with the Super Bowl. He's 17 and four, and Allen's 16 and four. Okay, I, I get it. The Super Bowl, totally get it. Okay. Totally, totally, totally get it. Super Bowl's involved in that. So, but I'm just saying, I mean, we're not talking about a guy who's not winning ball games. You, you know, usually when you have high turnovers like he does, you don't have wins. This guy's probably won, what, 85% of his ball games? Right? NFC, two undefeated teams. 
And we'll see if one of them won the Super Bowl or if an AFC team wins it. And personally, you're not San Francisco right now. You have a defense that's down in the 16s and there in fifth. And the 49ers, where are the 49ers ranked right now? After the first month of the season, I think San Francisco's where? San Francisco has a number two offense in the National Football League. And San Francisco has the number five defense after the first month of the season. You have the number five offense and number 16 defense. Who do you think has a better shot of winning the Super Bowl? You or San Francisco? That's the ultimate ones, senior. That's 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 the ultimate right there. Because you're dead right. Week 13, all that shit will go to all that. Hey, personally, I think San Francisco and E and Philadelphia, you know, I may have to hey, I said Dallas and the Bills would make it to the Super Bowl this year. Dallas is gonna have their hands full with San Francisco and Philadelphia. They are. They're just a more physical football team than them two guys. Okay. Do you think they're going to say San Fran? Of course not. Why would they? Why would they say that? Of course they're not going to say that, man. All depends who stays healthy, too. Yeah. All depends. Seals would be hiding when 40 winers come to the link. Hiding? Hiding what? Do I look like a guy that can hide? (laughs) Do I even sound like a guy that can hide? Guys, we're awesome. Thank you so much again for coming aboard. A lot of fun with you guys, man. Hey, man, I think you guys beat up my boy Josh Ennis. (laughs) Hey, hey, just a little bit of – just a little rumor out there, man. I think you – I just heard a rumor – and someone asked me, Sills, ask these guys what they thought of him. Yeah, he had a great show. Then he turned into a jackass. Then we had to get him out of th- I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> hey, man, all good. We appreciate you guys so much. Xander, Big Joe, thank you very much for tolerating and putting up with my BS. I appreciate you guys more than you know. Tone, thank you for putting up with my BS. You don't know how much I love you, too. Thank you so much. And all of you, too, man. God bless every single one of you guys. Thank you so much. Three to six tomorrow. We shall catch you on the flip side. and Hooters, the perfect pair. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.